And this ain't just ranting and raving. This ain't just blowing off steam. I got a little evidence to support my claim. It just seems to me, seems to me, that only a really low IQ population could have taken this beautiful continent, this magnificent American landscape that we inherited. Well, actually, we stole it from the Mexicans and the Indians, but <laughs> hey, it was nice when we stole it. It looked pretty good. It was pristine. Paradise. Have you seen it lately? Have you taken a good look at it lately? It's fucking embarrassing. Only a nation of unenlightened half-wits could have taken this beautiful place and turned it into what it is today, a shopping mall. Hello and welcome to the Bloody Bits Horror Show. I'm your host, Eddie The Axe Jefferson, and joining me this week, we have Tim Yobo. Tim, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you doing, Eddie? Uh, splendid, actually. It's uh, So we're recording on the weekend. Uh, God, having a nice... It's just a beautiful day out here, man. The sun's shining. The, the birds are chirping. It's a, it's a nice, cool 67 degrees with a breeze. Down here in Southern California, how is it on your neck of the woods? It's about eighty degrees in New York, and as sticky as all hell. Sticky as all. Oh fuck yeah! I I lived in Florida for a few years, man. Oh, yeah. I know about sticky. God damn. Yeah, it's sticky there all the time, isn't it? It really is, man. It really is. I'm fucking glad I'm out of there. That that place sucked, but uh, still back does. here. Still does. <laughs> yeah, for real. But yeah, back back out here in SoCal, uh, just just living that that beach bum life. Uh, <laughs> there you go. If you can do it, why not? I wish, man. I can't. Can you be a beach bum in Florida, or is that just like a regular bum? Yeah, just a bum in Florida. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. From my time in Florida, though, I, I realized that nobody's from Florida. Like most of the people down there were from like Jersey. So it was... uh, well, I remember growing up, my grandmother and my aunt had a saying about Florida that it was for the newlywed or the nearly dead. Jeez, that is so fucking true. <laughs> All right, Tim. So speaking this week on the speaking of dead, no shit. <laughs> way to way to do that one. Nice segue. Speaking of dead, uh, Tim, what movie did you bring me this week? I picked George Romero's Dawn of the Dead, the original, not the remake, to be confused, which is not the first zombie movie I ever saw, but it was the first one that really, really hit me, and it stuck with me all these years. Yeah, so that's uh, that was going to be my next question. Why? Why Dawn of the Dead? I mean, you got Night of the Living Dead, you got Day of the Dead. Why this one? When I saw it, I saw this in the movies when I was 10 years old, so it was just Whoa. like... Yeah, that's kind of an impressionable age with that. And I can't really remember if I'd already seen Night of the Living Dead on TV. And if I did, uh, probably not, because I know when it was on, it was usually on very late at night, and I probably wasn't up at 10 years old at 1 o'clock in the morning. So it might have really been the first zombie movie I saw, and especially being in color and just how crazy off the wall it was in just that first 20 minutes. Oh, God, no kidding, man. 
So, and you saw this when you were 10 years, that's insane. Um, uh, I was very lucky or unlucky, depending on how you want to look at it, that mm -hmm. my, between my mother and my grandmother and my aunt, they would basically take my sister and I to see any movie. Oh, boy. I mean, I remember seeing Deep Red in the movie theaters. I don't remember too much about it, but I remember the title Deep Red and seeing it in the movies with my grandmother and my aunt. Yeah, my, my folks are, are kind of had the same approach to parenting. They, they were kind of like free-range parents, you know? Mm -hmm. So they're like, yeah, we'll just let him run around, and I guess as long as he doesn't, uh, you know, go to jail, everything's pretty cool. I was watching horror movies, like, way, way, way too young also. I was just, just trying to remember... Uh, when Tales from the Crypt first came out, I, I, I remember I'd go over to my friend's house and we'd stay up and watch it. And uh, I'm like, man, when, when was that? When was that? Oh, 1989. All right, I would have been eight years old. Perfect. All right, yeah. No, Tales from the Crypt. By the time you were eight years old, Tales from the Crypt, it wasn't as bad as, I guess, seeing Dawn of the Dead when I was 10 years old. Because that was just, there was just nothing building up to that on TV. There was no Walking Dead or any shit like that. Yeah. And, and God, and like, so my oldest is nine years old and like, we're, we're having this discussion, my wife and I, about like, hey, you know, what, what's like appropriate stuff, you know? Oh, yeah, go ahead. What, I'm that's curious. Like, what, what, what do you say about that now? Well, that's like the hardest part of being a parent, man, is like how, how much do you dose like reality into their fucking life? So, I mean, we haven't like shown her like horror movies or anything, but at the same time, like she plays video games that are horror related and shit. And there's blood and guts and... Oh. There's tons of crazy shit in those games now. Oh, for real. So, so I mean, she's she's pretty cool about that. The, the violent stuff, like, she knows it's pretend. She's having a good time with it. I remember a friend of mine who had kids, he told me that his son didn't like watching horror movies, and it wasn't because of the blood or anything like that. And he had a very specific thing, too. The kid said that when somebody died, how their eyes looked would freak him out. And I'm like, God. Damn, he's like eight years old, and that's what he's focusing in on. That's that's, uh, that's pretty hardcore. Surprisingly prescient, man. That's, yeah. Damn. <laughs> he's going right. to be an eye doctor or a killer who cuts out eyes. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, the kid's just got all these fucking dolls and like pictures plastered up on his walls with the <laughs> eyes cut out. and all scratched out, yeah. Yeah, not <laughs> into that, man. So, yeah, 1978 horror classic George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Written and directed by George Romero, of course, starring David M.G. as Stephen, Ken Forey as Peter, uh, Scott Reiniger as Roger, and Gaylene Ross as Francine. I so, think this was her first movie, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she lied her she, way on the resume. She said she knew all the shit that she needed to do, and she didn't know anything. <laughs> yeah, that, we'll definitely get to that, man, because the shit that she lied about is not some shit you can just fake. <laughs> but uh, it worked out for her, man. Yeah. So it was filmed in Monroeville Mall during the winter of 77-78 with a uh, three-week break during the holiday shopping season. And uh, this was because it would have been around Christmas time and it would have taken them too long and been too costly to take down all the Christmas decorations every night. So, so this is a secret Christmas movie. Secret Christmas movie. Because there yeah. is a scene in it where there's a sign in the back where they talk about Christmas refunds. Yes. Or returns. Yeah, that's, that's true. They, they uh, were doing the filming at, 
they start about 10 p.m. right after the mall kind of closed, and they always finished at 6 a.m. Even though the mall didn't open until 10:30 in the morning, but at six, music came on, and nobody could figure out how to turn the fucking music off. <laughs> <laughs> nobody could figure out how to ask the manager of the mall, "Hey, last night we couldn't turn off the music. How do you do that?" Well, it's funny too because they use that in in the movie, right? Like, there's all the dumb announcements and shit going over the loudspeakers, anyway. I think that's what makes it really realistic because it's that sounds like bullshit canned music that you would hear at any shop. Oh, absolutely. So there were actually a couple of bars in the area, and uh, uh, Savini, the the effects artist, the leader of the bikers gang. If you come on, if you're listening to a horror podcast and you don't know who Tom Savini is, I, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. <laughs> yeah, he, you got troubles. <laughs> he remembers that when he was making up the zombies, they'd go out to the bars and get drunk in the zombie makeup and all that shit. Too. Yeah, yeah, and and he says it probably helped out people's performances because they were just like stumbling around like a bunch of fucking drunks. Which and it was freezing cold too. So yeah, ice cold, man. The the problem was that these drunk zombies would like fuck things up in the mall. Apparently, a couple of them stole a golf cart and crashed it into a marble yep. pillar. Just, there's no way that they could ever film this movie today like that. I mean, I know in the remake, there's no way they were in an actual oh, shopping no. center and shut that shit down and did all the stuff that they were doing in this. That's, and I guess, again, that's what makes the movie real. It's, it's too bad, too. It's not sets. It's all real stores. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, I mean, it feels immersive. You know, what's funny is uh, there was actually a decommissioned mall like that shut down a while back. I mean, they're not doing it now, but they would do a zombie uh, horror survival experience there where you and your buddies would pay to go into the, the shutdown mall overnight and they'd hire actors to Genius. dress like zombies. So you'd get, be given like these paintball guns to try to take them out and try to survive the night. But somebody brought a real gun, and they don't do it anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of like the Disneyland down here in California. If you go into the Haunted Mansion thing, one of the, the ghosts, there's like a spider web above it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ahead, Dude, it's my favorite shit. Somebody, like, <laughs> pulled their gun out and shot it. <laughs> Bam! And it caused the glass to, to spider web out. I want to meet that fucking dude. What happened to him? He did he get away clean on that, or is he like did he spend a couple months in jail and just became internet famous forever? No, they recruited him. He's a new Ghostbuster because he's got that killer instinct. <laughs> he's a head of security. <laughs> yeah, for real. So the uh, the the extras had a lot of fun getting drunk and driving, you know, like you do. Uh, but apparently, they were mostly paid like a dollar. A donut. And donuts, yeah. Yeah, and a Dawn of the Dead t-shirt. Um, uh, you know, I actually had that t-shirt. All right, here's, here's, a, here's how old this movie is. Okay. I was able to buy the t-shirt mm -hmm. for this movie in the movie theater at the concession stand. Wow. They used to have, every time when there was new movies up, I mean, I remember Saturday Night Fever t-shirts, Grease, all the movie t-shirts that you, like today... I don't know if they even make them anymore. You'd have to go to a store or buy them on anything. They were there in the movie theater, and even sometimes they had programs for the movies. But that's where I bought my Dawn of the Dead shirt. Oh, that's great. Man, I'd love to have one of those shirts now. 20 years in the garbage. <laughs> yeah. That's like there was a couple of bands that I really loved. Uh, one of them was Typo Negative, which was... They kind of started out as like a punk industrial band, and they went all weird and kind of goth for a while. But I had some mm -hmm. great t-shirts of theirs, man, and... God, yeah, they just wore them until they were shreds because I'd go in like mosh pits. Yeah, that's what I used to do, too. Yeah. Yeah. Just wear them until they ripped. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, ah, shit, well, that's decommissioned. And now you look and there's there's people that are like paying big bucks for old concert shirts. It's crazy. 
everything old is new again, Eddie. It really is, man. It really is. I'll tell you one thing that'll never get old, though, is the MPAA fucking with people. And they they wanted... Well, he got around them. Yeah, yeah. So they wanted to make this an X-rated movie if Romero didn't make any cuts. And, of course, Romero told them to, you know, fuck off. I'm not going to make any cuts, and I also don't want an X rating. So, because back then the stigma was that an X rating meant that it was hardcore pornography. It was, yeah, it was a kiss of death. It's kind of like how NC-17 is still for movies today, which... It's kind of sad, but... Yeah, it's too bad. And and there's some weird rules about that that make no sense. It's completely arbitrary. Anyhow, Romero was able to persuade the distributors to release it as being not rated uh, on all the advertising and all the trailers and everything. So that way there, you know, you could still get, like, widespread distribution of, of the movie. Just from it being not rated, that was it. That was, you know, it's one of those things. I went to Catholic school, and every once in a while they would give us a list of books and movies and records that we weren't supposed to listen to or pay any attention to. And I was just like, thank you very much for giving me this list. Billy Joel? <laughs> what? Only the good die young? What kind of song is this? Hmm. Here's like a recommended reading list, man. That's awesome. Just about, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, they just told us not to play Dungeons and Dragons because we'd go to hell. <laughs> like Tom Hanks. Like Tom Hanks, yeah. Oh, that's so... Every year on Thanksgiving, my wife and I, we do a T. Hanks Thanksgiving dinner, and, and we'll watch some Tom Hanks movie, and we did Mazes and Monsters one year, just because just she's a, a quite a bit younger, than, well, not quite a bit, she's a bit younger than me, so, so mm-hmm. she, she, didn't, she wasn't around for the whole satanic panic thing. That, you know, oh, yeah, I remember it well. Fucked up our country pretty good. Uh, so she's watching it, and she's like, this is ridiculous. Like, they're, they're, they thought this was going to scare people. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, man, but she, she uh, the best one, though, her favorite one that we've done for Tom Hanks giving is The Burbs. Classic. Oh, that's, that's an old-ass movie, too. That's Jesus. so good, man. The Burbs. Have you got to The Money Pit yet? No, we haven't done The Money Pit yet. Oh, okay, that's going to be a bad Thanksgiving. <laughs> Especially because we're like, hey, we should buy a house. Oh, okay. watch it after you buy a house. Don't watch it before. Yeah, yeah. In this economy, come on. Who can afford a house? Uh, and pretty soon they'll be giving them away. Maybe, maybe. I think that's about it for all the little fun facts I've got in the background. I'll sneak a couple in in the scenes where they fit in. But uh, anything else you, you want to you wanna throw in there? No, I think we can pretty much dive into it. All right. So dive into what we do. We start in a uh, red carpeted room with the floor, the walls, everything. It's, it's like a sound Shag studio. carpeting on the wall. Shag carpeting on the wall. And my wife sees this. She's like immediately, wow, that, that's the best. We got, we got to get that going on. Uh, I hope that doesn't come back. <laughs> no, I don't think it will, man. You just, too many people like losing pets and children. And, ugh. and light pegs. And this was like back in the height of cocaine, man. Like how much Coke was there in the shag carpet? Oh, somebody was sucking up with the vacuum. You know that. (laughs) So the news is going bananas. And um, thematically, this this takes place after Night of the Living Dead, kind of as a sequel. And uh, Romero kind of said, this is the tipping point between where the amount of humans and the amount of zombies is, is even. Right. Yes, and this is what I always love. For me, the best part of zombie movies is how society falls. Right when it's like to the crush, cr- crucial point, and how the government fails and just shit goes crazy. 
We, and we see that because we just have a, a, a virus and everybody loses their fucking mind and the government doesn't yeah. handle it right. Like, And when you listen to these two commentators talking, it's like they could be on Fox News right now and one guy is talking about wearing a mask and the other guy is talking about, I don't believe we should be wearing a mask. It's so funny that you say that. So, so we have our hero Francine, right? She pulls, there's like an outdated rescue information that they're running up on like the yep. Chiron. And, and uh, she's like, look, man, we got to pull that off there because people are, people are going to get hurt. They're going to get killed going to the wrong place. And the, the, the guy, the, her boss is like, no. Roger Ailes says, no, no, no. Roger Keep Ailes yeah. says, no, man, people are tuning in for that. So this is the original fake news. This is the original yellow journalism. Yeah. Yep. Getting people killed. So it looks like the show's over. And uh, the doctor is saying, like, look, man, we got to deal with this without emotions. We got to destroy these corpses. And uh, yeah, I think we should wear a mask. But, but they're, you know, screaming at <laughs> Well, no, what you have to do is you have to stay six feet away from the zombies and you'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, and if you can put a mask on the zombies, they can't bite you, so you'll be okay. So, again, six feet and mask would just solve the problem. But, it's true. And what's crazy, too, Eddie, is the guy is talking. He's saying the president has declared martial law. It's illegal to stay in your house, even if you're well protected and stocked up. And still, these motherfuckers are questioning the doctors of whether or not this is real. Yeah. I mean, dude, there's dead people walking around biting people on their ass. Like, what do you think? It's real. <laughs> Come on. It's not just in Florida, too. It's all over the whole country. I know. It's not just somebody high on bath salts. Like, this is for real. This is serious, you know? So now we have uh, uh, our, our best friend, Steve, oh. with his amazing blonde hair and bomber jacket. And right away, you can tell he's a jerk. You can already tell I'm not going to like this guy. Because uh, uh, he, he actually reminds me of Steve from fucking Married with Children. Oh, 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 wow. Yes, he does have that look on his face and the same kind of eyes. So he's like a wiener, you know? So uh, he says, all right, we're going we're gonna to go up. We got to go up to the roof. We got to uh, get to the chopper, you know? Yeah, he tells her, don't make me come looking for you. Mm-hmm. So we cut to some uh, feds busting into a tenement <laughs> building. All right. See, again, like what's going on now, with all the shit that's going on, Eddie, Zombies mm-hmm. are popping up all over the place. The dead are walking on the earth. And they still have time to roust and bust poor people's chops. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. It's, 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 a, it's a pastime at this point. It's easy, yes. We're introduced to another character here. I didn't even dignify this fucking dude with a name. I just call him racist, fat, mustache guy. Oh, wooly bully. Oh, God. And his little speech about there's still these and there's still those in that, like, okay, I get it. Good. Good job. But again, not a word I was looking Stupid racist. And he gives it away because he says, look at this fancy hotel. Shit, man, they got it better than I have. And I'm, I'm looking at this place. I'm like, if this place is better than where you're fucking living... You should get another fucking job. And anyway, he's a racist, so he should be, have another job anyway. But yeah, this place looks like it's being held together by like a thousand cockroaches holding hands. Yeah, like it looks like shit. <laughs> this is better than your place, dude. I don't know. End you got it, some man. serious fucking problems, Willie. For real. So he's they're going through. They fire some gas off into the building, and, and racist boys going rogue. He's like fucking around when he shouldn't be, and they just shoot his ass. Like, uh, well, you forgot one big part. Okay. The when he first that first time he kicks in that door with the shotgun. Yeah, yeah. And, and he blows that guy's head off, and that is 
Jeez, that's the first time you see a head exploding in movies, I think. And they, I remember seeing on the documentary, Tom Savini said that they actually used a real shotgun on a dummy. Huh. So that's a real shotgun blast, and it takes that guy's head clean off. God damn. Yeah, and then and he it's... starts just going crazy, shooting it all over the place, and then here comes Roger. Yeah, it really, like, we, we're setting it up for, like, okay, this shit is going to be ultra-violent. Like, get get ready. Like, I, I kind of get why they were trying to go for a crazier rating, because this is some shit we haven't seen before. Yeah, if this is how the movie is starting. Yeah, where do you go t- from yeah, here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they go. Oh, they go. They, they go for sure. So, uh, now, we start getting to see the zombies. The transition from black and white to color wasn't really kind on the makeup here. Uh, Romero admits that that, uh, he regrets how this worked out because they they did them up in in a white paint. But due to the lighting and the film transition, they kind of look blue. And sometimes they look gray, and sometimes they have a greenish tint on it. But I've seen an interview with him where he said that he was kind of okay with it because it kind of added to like the cartoony element of the film. Well, yeah, not only that, but the blood, right? Oh, so, yeah, because so. they got it from 3M and the blood on the film, the way it, it came, which, sorry, it's kind of okay for me because I grew up watching a lot of martial arts movies, and that's usually mm-hmm. the color of blood that would come out of somebody's stomach when they got shot, or not shot, stabbed or something. Yeah. So I was used to that kind of that kind of color of blood. It didn't bother me at all. Yeah, and I think it works out. It wasn't really Romero that complained about the blood. He he liked it, you know, because it comes out as really bright and kind of fluorescent. And like you said, it it kind of works to this uh, comic book kind of cartoonish uh, over the topness of the movie. It was Savini that got mad because it wasn't realistic. Because you know, maybe Savini, if it was a little bit more realistic, they really would have gotten an X rating. Yeah, then maybe he couldn't have argued it down. So that, then we got like a great fucking shoulder bite that goes down. And, and man, just, just the brutality of the zombies fucking biting into people in this movie is just insanity. Yeah, and the it's, effects still hold up today. I mean, if anything, it might be better than some of the stuff that you see with all the CGI bullshit. Yeah, I mean, you're never going to be able to convince me that CGI is better than practical effects. Like, I, I haven't seen it yet. I just haven't. The practical always holds up better, man. So we, we make our way down to the basement our buddy Roger, he, he knows about this, this uh, chopper. And he's like, ah, oh, we gotta, you know, we're gonna get the fuck out of here. Then our, our friend, the priest, shows up. Oh, one leg. Oh, one leg. And when I saw this, 10 years old, I figured, after you see what's in that room, mm-hmm. that he might have fed his leg to the zombies. But then I was like, nah, that doesn't work out. But how was he in that room full of zombies yeah. with the door locked and none of them went after him because as soon as the other two go in, the zombies are all over them. Yeah, so he uh, he uh, uh, kind of warns everybody, leaves, and, and they, you know, the guy that they hired actually is an amputee to, to, to play this Yeah, role. they use a lot of amputees in the movie, so that makes it even more realistic. Definitely. Now we're in the basin. We, we just see a bunch of zombies kind of writhing around uh, and eating. And uh, Peter, our our hero, he uh, well, this this you can tell by the way that he's acting. You can tell by his face that this bothers him. But he pulls out his gun and starts shooting him. Well, that's always in movies. That's how you can tell who the good guys are because death affects the good guys and bad guys don't care. So by just seeing Roger, because especially also when we forgot on the rooftop, right away the rookie cop right next to Roger gets a bullet right in the head. Oh yeah, yeah. And you can see that kind of fucks him up right away. And he's one of the last cops to go in 
to the tenement. He lets all the other cops go in, and he kind of hangs back a little bit, too. Yeah, that's true. It's true. He's a little uh, uh, unseasoned, I guess. So we uh, make our way up to the chopper. We got Steve, we got Francine, and they're hanging out. They see Stu, uh, and he's dead. They're like, shit, Stu's dead. Now what are we going to do? Well, I guess uh, fill the chopper up with some gas and uh, try, try to get the hell out of here. <laughs> he tells her, it's just like filling up a car. Squeeze it until it squirts out at you. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. little uh, comedic relief there, I guess. I don't know. I've, I've never filled up a car and had the, had the gas squirt out at me, but whatever. I would consider that kind of dangerous, but okay. Yeah, I, well, I grew up in uh, the uh, Pacific Northwest, Washington, Oregon area. So half of the mm-hmm. time, we weren't even allowed to fill the car up with gas, man. Because in Oregon, it's illegal. You have to have somebody do it for you. Really? Yeah. Wow, okay. Good to know. I don't know if it's that way anymore. It used to be that way because it was considered like a Class 3 combustible and you needed to be, you needed to either have a license or work for somebody with a license to handle those combustibles. Well, you know, it makes sense because if you go on YouTube, you probably can't go five minutes out seeing a video of somebody dragging a, a hose away from a gas tank or lighting <laughs> up a cigarette while they're smoking. Uh, filling up the tank with gas yeah that's true that's true that makes a lot of sense well they they filled the gas tank up in the uh the chopper okay though they, they do a pretty good job the problem though is uh some cops pop out oh the doofus cop the doofus cop yeah and they're like uh hey man what are you doing you you're stealing our gas you're not allowed to steal our gas come on and what's funny is one of the cops recognizes steven He's like, oh, you're the weather guy from Channel Whatever. And I'm like, really? He's that famous? I guess, yeah. It's those blue eyes. It's back then, too. You had like three channels. Yeah, that's you true. Know? And who had a helicopter back then on TV news? That was probably, a, you know, that was a big thing. Because I remember, oof, I don't know how long ago, but I remember TV news actually bragging about them having a helicopter. So he might have been famous just by having the helicopter. So they could give you live traffic. Which never changes. The traffic always sucks. Yeah. But hey, in New York. at least it's live. <laughs> <laughs> now they, uh, the cops are giving him some shit about it. Like, hey, you know, you're stealing our fucking gas. But then, uh, uh-oh, a couple other cops show up. These are our cops, though. Our cops. Our buddies. There's uh, Roger and Peter. And they, they, uh, they kind of tell the, uh, the doofus cops, like, hey, you should probably, should probably back up. You know, it's, we got this. It's all good. Then uh, I love this doofus cop goes up to the helicopter and he's like, look, man, do you have any cigarettes? I really need a cigarette. Oh, yeah. Here's our first. Yeah. Here's our first injection of humor into them, Phil. Yeah. It's pretty good. So hey, you got to see. And they're like, look, man, we don't have any cigarettes. Get the fuck out of here. They're like, all right. Well, and, you know, it's good because I used to smoke and I would agree that probably in that situation, I would be trying to figure out how I can get at least a couple of cartons of cigarettes until the whole zombie thing blew away. Yeah, that's like, uh, uh, what's his name, Benicio Del Toro's character in Sin City. A smoker's always a smoker when the chips are down. That's right. Yeah. So, because I, I used to smoke too. I, I might, I, I might would uh, consider having one right here. Eh, it's been three years for me, and I could see if I had a situation where it was like five minutes before I was going to die. Maybe, but. That's been years for me. 10, 20, I don't even know, man. Oh, damn, it's nice. It's been a while. Yeah, they send him off. They're like, yeah, we're going to go on a boat and go to the island. He's like, what island? (laughs) 
are you talking about? Any island. I don't, I, an island, I guess. That's cool. We're going to get in our plane and or, our uh, helicopter and fly a direction. Uh, I guess it's about the same amount of uh, planning, but hey, we're going to go up. Up is good. I mean, there's no zombies up. Because they're probably, those cops are going to end up on Long Island and they're going to be in for a yeah. surprise. <laughs> for real. So they, they take off and then immediately Francine whips out a cigarette and lights one up. I think they all take out a cigarette and light everyone except for uh, Stephen. Oh, no, wait. Stephen doesn't take it out and Peter doesn't take it out too. But right there you can kind of see. Right now with everything that's going on, it's kind of everybody for themselves. Nobody's going to help the other person out too much. So now we're flying around and watching the uh, down below, you see some... God, there's some great shots on this one. Oh, uh, the redneck party. The redneck party. And man, growing up where I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, I know people who are itching for this fucking moment. Oh, dude, this has got to be... I'm sure that there's some people who watch this movie and it's like their wet dream that there's a zombie apocalypse so they can just go out and just start shooting people in the head. And what's just funny too is they're arguing on TV... Eddie, whether or not this is real and what you should do with the zombies, whether or not you cut their heads off, get rid of their brains. But these motherfuckers, they're out same day, ready to shoot and kill anybody that they see walking around. Yeah. No, they're they're having a good time with it. They brought beer. This time they believe the science. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> now they're tailgating it. They're tailgating the apocalypse. Yeah, I love it too. There's some awesome. old lady there. Everybody's drinking beers and this old lady holding up styrofoam cups trying to give them out to people the fuck? Who's going to drink the beer out of a styrofoam cup? <laughs> yeah, come on, man. At least get a red Solo cup. Probably wasn't ever invented that that time. Nah, nah. And we see the... Other than that, we see the military setting some shit up, too. And that's the real National Guard, too. They got the real National Guard, police, and fire department out there to help them film. Back in the day, you could just do that shit, man. Nowadays, to try to do that would be so expensive. Uh, yeah, and so many regulations and everything. But back there, it was, you know, George Romero was a hero, so... When he needed something, they gave it to him. It's true, yeah. So now we're uh, flying over to the next gas station to uh, to load up a little bit more gas into the co- the chopper. And uh, we see a zombie dude that looks kind of like Chris Elliott. Uh, see, I have him as, here comes old flat top. Old flat top. Yeah, that was my <laughs> wife's comment. It was like, what the fuck's wrong with his head? Is it gonna? Is that a squib? Is it going to blow up or something? <laughs> Because he comes grooving up slowly, mm-hmm. and then bam, his head's below his knees. Yeah, pretty much, man. So there, there's only a little bit of gas here, though. They, so they're like, all right, well, we're going to go scrounge around uh, while you gas up the chopper. Yes, typical horror movie thing. Everybody's split up and going different directions. Yeah, and, and I DM Dungeons & Dragons all the time. What do you never do? Split up the party. Mm-hmm. That's in every horror movie. Just you don't split up, and especially not without a weapon, because Stephen doesn't have anything when he goes off. Oh no, he's got he hasn't got shit, man. So he goes off and, and he starts getting fucked with Stephen immediately. He's getting got by a zombie while everybody's watching him. Like I, ah, I guess I don't know. Should we help him? I, I don't know. And finally, he reaches over. Yeah, and this zombie has like twenty chances to bite Stephen, but doesn't. No, do it. no, he can't commit to it, man. But Stephen commits to it. He gets a hammer, knocks this dude fucking out. Yeah, and then he does this incredible martial arts move that is just like Bruce Lee like. Well, <laughs> yeah, he just kind of throws his body limply at a zombie. Catches the zombie under the, the arm. Hits him in the armpit and knocks him down. I don't know. Maybe like it's a zombie pressure point or something. I don't know. I don't know enough about <laughs> zombies or how they work, man. Now we got a, uh, another one. So now we go back to Peter shooting at the door. 
right? Yes, this is this is another first for me seeing this in a movie. This was fucked up. This scene was rough, man, because there's something behind the door banging on it, and Peter's like, ah, shit, he's trying to shoot it, because he figures, you know, it's a zombie, of course. What else is going to be in there? Mm-hmm. And it depends on what cut you watch, because in one cut, he shoots, and it looks like he's shooting at what would be, like, head level, about four or five times, and there's another cut, I think it might be the European cut, where he only shoots the door twice before it comes bursting open. Yeah, but it does burst open. And what stumbles uh, out? What's coming out? It's two little kid zombies attacking him like there's no tomorrow. That's Tom Savini's niece and nephew, I think, too. I think everybody was connected to somebody in this movie. Yeah, a lot of the times it was FBI, man. Friends, brothers, and in-laws. They, uh, they brought in everybody they could, <laughs> you know. But, I mean, if you think about it, it'd be really rough, right? This, you got to have so many extras for this thing. I mean, that, that's the whole, that's how this whole thing works with the zombie apocalypse. And wrangling them all, too. That can't be, especially if they're all drunk <laughs> or hung over from the clearly, night clearly, yeah, they're all drunk. They're running fucking golf carts into statues and shit. Like this, I don't know, man. They're probably already starting to smell like zombies, too. <laughs> yeah, but no, this scene with him killing the kids is, I really mm. I can't remember. It had to be definitely the first time I've ever seen it in a movie, and I don't know how long it was till I saw something like that happening again. Maybe Funny Games. If yeah, if you're gonna kill a zombie or not, if you're gonna kill a kid on frame in your movie, damn, that's that's something. That's letting you know that anything's gonna happen. And it's you know we got to take care of ourselves, and the, the stakes are really really fucking high. So it's almost like uh, uh, Peter here is acting kind of pragmatically. You know, he's... Well, it seems throughout the whole movie, it's like him and Francine are the ones who have, like, their heads on the most and, like, realize the situation that they're in. Yeah, Francine every time is right. Every fucking... Well, she she does make some uh, uh, choices later I disagree with, but Uh, we'll we'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I think I can know which one it is. (laughs) Couple, a couple. So, uh, yeah, Steve almost kills Peter then. uh, Because he he whips around and uh, you see Peter getting shot at. Yeah, and this is the zombie that's got his head on the t-shirt and I think the poster. The zombie in plaid. But uh, Roger ends up getting the head shot and uh, Peter's fucking pissed off because Steve pointed a gun at him. So he marches over, points his gun at Steve and says, Hey, never point a fucking gun at somebody. Does it scare you? You feel fucking scared? And Steve's shitting his pants. And it's good too because Steven, when um, when Peter's walking up to him, you could see the look on Peter's face that he's fucking pissed. Mm-hmm. And then when the camera goes back to Steven, you could see he lo- he knows he fucked up oh, and yeah. something bad's going to happen. He's shitting his pants. You got this 6'5 dude with a gun and he's pissed at you. And he knows what to do with the gun, too. Unlike you, who fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. They're sick and tired of running. They're flying around in the helicopter. They're bitching about it. They haven't slept. And, and you know, the dude, the dude was nodding off while he was driving. Like... Or flying, I guess. Yep. I'm piloting. So that that doesn't seem flying, fucking yes. safe. So it's like, all right, maybe we should find a little rest area, find some place to stop, you know, catch a couple of Zs. And what do they happen to you? Big, beautiful shopping center. Big, beautiful shopping center. fashion-minded watch out big time shopping is finally here monroeville mall with the helicopter pad right on the top too yeah how convenient 
So they landed on the helipad. They they get in there and uh, start eating some bad spam. <laughs> yeah, she's pitching about the spam, and he's like, "Did you bring a can opener?" <laughs> Who the fuck would think to bring a can yeah. opener with all this shit? No, so, of course not. You're eating spam. It's like, uh, well, good because it's got its own key. You can just turn it. You got some spam. You're good. And to that go. shit lasts forever. Yeah, it really does. So now they're going to be uh, navigating through this security area here. And uh, they find this giant janitor key ring. God, I, I wish I had a key ring. Like, there's so many fucking keys. <sighs> that thing weighs about like 25 pounds. And there's no sneaking up on anybody if you have that key ring on. No, not at all, man. So uh, they're turning everything on. The sound comes on. Everything's opening up. And we get like a Looney Tunes music. And some uh, some good zombie slapstick going on as we're uh, and, looking at them all. And again, here's where Steven is an idiot because he's sleeping when the two cops decide that they're going to go downstairs to check everything out. And when he wakes up and Francine tells him what they did, he goes, those guys are insane. And then he goes to run right after them right away. So he just wants to be part of the action. He wants to try, try to prove that he's a big guy. This fucking guy. Like, they have it figured out, man. They're, they know what they're doing. You don't. You're, you're a liability. They're the professionals. Yes. You fly the helicopter, let them exactly. kill the zombies. What's the, I don't understand the problem. Yeah, teamwork makes the dream work. Okay, we can't all be the, the tank in the party. Some of us have got to be the, the healer or the, the spellcaster or something. He's that, he's that privileged yeah. white guy. He thinks he knows everything. So they get in there. They're walking around. They find a nice big department store, and they uh, flip the, uh, the glass door very elaborately uh, around and shut it on themselves. And they, they start, uh, it's kind of interesting. They're like ransacking the place. They're like, man, look at all this cool shit we got in here. And when I saw this when I was 10 years old, I was like, wow, this is really cool. That would be, for me, if the zombie apocalypse got me locked into a mall and I could do that, mm -hmm. that would be a dream for me. Yeah, living the dream. Then we have a nice, like, cut to, <laughs> to, to uh, Roger getting scared by a mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good cut too it's a yeah. nice jump scene and it doesn't have like a big musical sting or anything like that it's just bang the way it looks yeah just just a real quick one and it's setting something up later on too so so they decide alright we're gonna grab a TV we're gonna get some other stuff and uh, th this is the scene where uh, we see our boy Roger slide down the escalator yes and I am convinced that the reason why they put those little bump things on the escalators is because of that scene. Oh, makes sense. Because when I was young, I remember going to Macy's with my family, and they did not have them on the elevator, uh, on the escalators. Oh, really? And then all of a sudden, they started popping up. Huh? That makes sense, man. People see shit on a, a movie, and they're like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do that too, man." Yeah, and also that was before the internet. So even if there was some idiot in Ohio who was doing it, the rest of the country didn't find out about it and go, oh, I want to do the same thing. That's true, yeah. It was all about the uh, the media. It was all about the movies. But uh, yeah, the actor that, that played him said that was like his favorite thing to do when he uh, when he was filming. Yeah, that looks like it was fun. So our hero Steve finds the uh, book, and it's a, it's a map of the mall. And he's studying it. He's looking around finds a gun he's like cool i could probably use this maybe i don't know and while uh while peter and roger are planning their escape so the ne the next note i have here is steve sucks <laughs> <laughs> he can't shoot this uh, fucking zombie in the head to save his life he shits shit. his pants so quickly he's just shooting in the dark he doesn't even know what the fuck he's shooting at and he's gonna get hit in the head himself with a ricochet well yeah because i mean and you hear some great ricochet sound effects here and 
like at first I'm like, does he not know that you need to shoot him in the head? And I'm like, oh no, he knows. He's just terrible. He can't fucking hit it. So and he's literally shitting his pants. He literally he doesn't even see the pants. zombie and he's shooting. Yeah, it's just not working out for him at all. <laughs> so uh, some performance problems. So not working great. And then uh, he he fucks up and then he tries to shoot the zombie again. But then like he forgot that the revolver didn't have any bullets in it. Like what? No, I think what he did is he wasted all the bullets shooting at the pipes. Oh, okay. And then okay. he was reloading it, and in the process of reloading it, the zombie jumps yeah. up on him. And then yeah, knocks him down. Drops the bullets except for one in the gun. And he sticks it in there, and he fires a couple, click, 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 and then boom, finally gets one. Finally. And then what happens? The two professionals have to come and rescue his ass. Yeah, they sure do, man. So Peter and... and, and uh, it is great when Peter's on his way up there. He just grabs this fucking zombie and throws him off the balcony down to the bottom floor. <laughs> <laughs> the first of many zombie dummy work. <laughs> I read too that they used they had one zombie for the whole movie. So every time you see a dummy happening to something <laughs> happening, that's the one dummy that they had. Uh, it's like Mister Highway and the Good Son, man. Like <laughs> they got one. It's like I right, chuck it, but don't. Try to throw it somewhere it's not going to get too busted up, man, because we got to use that over the rest and over of the day. And over again, yeah. Man, just great. So now we go back to Roger in the department store, and he gets tackled by a zombie, and he whips a, a screwdriver mm. out of the zombie's belt, sticks it in the fucking thing's ear, and man, you just get a nice little puddle of that blood. And like you said, it's that 3M blood, so it looks a little weird. I guess it's because they used uh, peanut butter, red food dye, and uh, sugar, cane sugar, to make it. Peanut butter? Okay. Peanut butter, yeah. It's what made it a little thicker so that it pooled a little differently. Yeah, no, and, it's a, and again, it's a great practical effect. And if oh, they did yeah. that with CGI, it would look like shit. Yeah, I can't stand CGI blood. Does anybody like that? The thing I really what I hate the most is when somebody gets shot and they fucking CGI the, the little blood. splat. The... How cheap is a squib? A squib can't be that expensive compared to what it takes to have somebody sit on a computer and do that shit. And it looks so much better. It really does. Yeah. I mean, I guess you got to retake it a couple of times, but come on, it's worth it. <sighs> Just do it right, you know? Do it on know. the first cut. So they run downstairs uh, to draw the zombies down to the lower level of the uh, the shopping center. That they're in. It's kind of like if you get like a two story JCPenney's in a mall, they're, they're down at the bottom floor, they're banging on the thing, trying to draw the zombies down there. Then they can run back up and then move the cart. Yeah. Yeah, and get out, bring the cart with all their stuff. It's a good plan, right? Smart. Yeah. Again, the professionals know what they're doing. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, they, they get out there, and Steve's like, hey, man, I was studying the map, and we can, uh, we can actually climb up into these vents and shit. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Well, Hold on, hold on. There's one above this elevator. That's cool. We can get in the uh, elevator shaft and do that. There's passageways fucking everywhere. So they uh, they figure that out. They uh, run back and do a little shopping, get the right kind of screwdriver, which, I mean, the dude already had a screwdriver. He stuck it in the zombie's ear, but I guess it was a flathead. That's why he needed a new yeah. screwdriver. I guess. You don't want to use that zombie blood. At, that, at this point, nobody knows what turns you into a zombie, so maybe just getting the blood on you. It's true. Right. I mean, they, they really don't act like they're too worried about getting the blood on them in a couple of scenes, but hey, it's, you got to survive, right? Mm-hmm. What you going to do? So they get the screwdrivers, they pop that bitch open, and uh, start climbing back to get to the security area, and on the way over, somebody sees something. <laughs> Harry Krishna. <laughs> Well, this time, when this one got it in the movie, my movie theater bursted out into applause. 
That's funny. Uh, was it that big of a deal? They were at the airports annoying people? Uh, they're annoying motherfuckers. I still see them every once in a while at the Times Square train station. And oh, my God. Jesus still? Christ. Yep. It's amazing. Damn. I thought that they were defunct, but somebody's still giving them money for those flowers. Yeah, so we see the uh, the zombie Harry Krishna going over toward Francine, and uh, along the way back, uh, our our guys notice that there's a uh, gun store in the mall, fully stocked. And uh, Peter's like, "Yeah, I saw it, man. We'll we'll come back for it. Just don't worry. Let's let's get back. Let's secure secure where we're at." Which I don't remember too many gun stores in the mall, but uh, uh, this is a good one. It's well stocked. Hmm. That's a good question. Is that was that they couldn't have been a set because they would have mentioned something about how they had to build one set for the movie. So it was a real store, maybe. It was, yeah. So I looked this one up. There was actually a gun store in downtown Pittsburgh, uh, and what they did was they filmed there during the three weeks of the uh, the shutdown of the mall that they couldn't take down all the Christmas stuff. Mm-hmm. That's when they did all of the other things, and they actually cut that. So that it looked like it was in the mall. It worked. Which is crazy. Because you think about they're crawling through the, the ducts and everything. And they look down and they see it. Yeah, that's that's kind of a security risk, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty dope gun store, though. And then it definitely comes up later. Because, man. Oh, yeah. Because I think that's uh, that's a very big scene in the movie, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. We're back to Francine. The Harry Krishnas finds her. And uh, she's not really armed. She's just got like a flare. But it's a Harry Krishna zombie. Yeah. Come on, for real. All she had to do was lean up against the door with the boxes, and he wouldn't have been able to <laughs> get in. True. Or instead of stacking the boxes up, stack them across the floor so that they're going all the way up against the wall so that no way that the zombie can get the door open. But whatever, it's a movie. Yeah, I mean, she's not. Because when Peter comes rushing in, I mean, Stephen, when he he has a tough time getting past the boxes. And I'm like, Harry Krishna got past them. <laughs> That's on. a good point. He cannot negotiate those fucking boxes. <laughs> this, this Harry Krishna zombie can fucking do it. So she lights the flare, and it kind of scares him a little bit, but it doesn't really work too well. So then uh, she's running off. She's trying to climb up the ladder. And, uh, yeah, the dudes come in. Guy pulls the gun out, and he's like, no, no. Hold on. Don't shoot the fucking guy. You're going to draw the other ones in. So we got to kill this guy silently. Roger just comes up and smacks him right in the head. Because uh, my next note is now we're having cheese and crackers with some Jack Daniels. And caviar, it looks like, too. And caviar. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Nice. Fancy. Caviar and, and Jack. Hmm. Couldn't have picked up a better brand instead of Jack, but... I don't know, man. You're in a hurry. All right? <laughs> Look. You picked up caviar. True. True. It was probably by the crackers, though. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, yeah, then they're having a nice little uh, little snack time uh, while they're watching the TV. Uh, Francine is kind of like PTSD, and uh, everybody's freaking out. Like, what's going on? She's like, hey, I'm pregnant. No, 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 she doesn't say it. She, Stephen tells everybody else that she's pregnant. Oh, that's right, 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 yeah. And then the three male characters have a discussion on whether or not she's going to have an abortion <laughs> while she's just sitting there smoking a cigarette. Yeah. She's having a cigarette. She's cool. Listening to this whole thing. Peter is like, look, man, if you want to have an abortion, I know how to do that. I'm like, wait, I need to know this story, Peter. It's okay. How do you know how to do that, Peter? (laughs) What's going on? That's some interesting knowledge you have there. Well, don't forget what his grandfather turns out to be later on in the movie. We find out. So maybe that's how he knows how to do the abortion. I just figured he knew where there were some stairs he could push her down. 
<laughs> just one good punch. That's it. Yeah, some bad coffee I would do it. <laughs> yeah, true, true. I don't know. Maybe she could keep smoking. Maybe we could get a little Jack Daniels in it. She, you, know, <laughs> you know, when I saw her smoking, I'm like, yo, she's going for the slow abortion. <laughs> yeah, that was back in like 77, 78, though. Like, did they... They didn't... Uh... That was probably... That was like right around the time, maybe, where it was like coming out that you, you're pregnant, you shouldn't be smoking or drinking. Yeah, the drinking comes up later, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, again, it's the apocalypse. Yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, plus, I mean, you're raising a kid in this? Like, no, no. Plus, when do you want to make sure you're as healthy as possible? Because, I mean, I'm sure it's been done. In, it might have been done. You know what? It was done in the remake. What happens if that baby dies in her stomach? Oh, God. Yeah, that remake. That was a scene, for sure. <sighs> oh, well. So On to other things. Steve's like, uh, man, maybe we should uh, uh, post up here. And she's like, no, we should go to Canada. I'm like, what? What do you mean go to Canada? What's that going to... Look, man, we're going to have to stop off and gas up all these places. We're going to run into zombies or worse. There could be, like, federal agents there stopping our ass. Yeah, and he gaslights her a little bit because he's like, you're the one who always wanted to set up a home. Yeah, he he tells her, like, well, you want to set up a house. It's like, does this look like a house? But whatever. I don't know, I guess. Dream big. Yeah, I, I guess we're we're here. We're going to do that. Then they have a, a cool broadcast that they're they're watching on the TV where they're, they're arguing about the can or about the zombies. And they're like, hey, are these, they're not cannibals, though, because they're, they're eating us. They're not eating each other. Yep. Which I think is... Which is a big distinction. That's true. Because they, for some reason, they won't bother each other. Yeah, so they're setting up like a, well, we're different than them, but we're not that different from them. It's, it's a in, interesting little little tidbit. And this doctor kind of has the same attitude that's carried on a little bit in the next movie, Day of the Dead, with that scientist. Yeah, he he does. He, they're like, well, what, what are we supposed to do with them? He's like, I, I don't know what we do with them. And again, nobody's listening to the science guy. No, no. We all just have our own ideas, man. Yeah, because he's telling everybody you can't be emotional about it. You just got to do it. Yep. Got to take them apart, man. You got to take the head off. You got to kill the brain. You got to sever the brain from from the body. Something. That's all you stay can do. Stay six feet away. Yeah, stay six feet away. Put your mask on. <clears throat> now we see the, there's a bunch of zombies that are marching onto the mall. And uh, Francine is like, look, man, I'm gonna if I'm going to be part of this, like team, pregnant or not, uh... You, you gotta you gotta teach me how to fly or something because we can't have a single point of failure. What happens if the one person who knows how to? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. They should all learn how to fly. Yeah, everybody should know every skill that they need to survive. So we gotta you know teach uh, Steve how to not not be a uh, bitch ass. We gotta. <laughs> I don't know how you're gonna do that, but uh, like... bitch ass Steve. Bitch. That book will be coming out on Amazon pretty soon. <laughs> bitch ass Steve. <laughs> Oh God! I don't know, man. That's gonna—that's got to be a series. That can't just be a book. This guy needs some <laughs> yeah, help. There's a lot to go into. <laughs> it really is, man. She's like, yeah. By the way, I also want a fucking gun, and I can't—I can't argue with that. Uh, again, that makes perfect sense. Everybody there in that group should know what to do in case three of them are dead. And what's the last person going to do? All for one, one for all, man. You got to do something. Come on. Now I have, we we have a. A convoy scene, <laughs> which uh, I guess the idea is that Francine is going to hang out with a gun and spot while they fly off, get a, a couple of uh, uh, big ass trucks, 
and use them to block the entrances. And Steven is up in the helicopter flying around. Yeah, because that's his job. He's, he's the only one who can fly, right? And here's a problem I have. Okay. He doesn't have a walkie-talkie. That is true. The two guys on the ground have a walkie-talkie, but the guy in the helicopter doesn't have a walkie-talkie. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, Because those two could actually pull up beside each other and, and yell. Yeah, you could hear it. Well, the guy in the fucking... <laughs> that's a very good point. Yeah, because we establish later that the range of the walkie-talkie is definitely good enough that, that it would pick up from that distance. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are they doing? That's a stupid plan. Oh, my God. So, so yeah, they go down there. They grab a couple of trucks. And they're they're doing some cool donuts and stuff in them, and they're you know flipping it around, trying to trying to get the zombies off of their off of their back so that they can go block up the entrances. Which good plan, right? We got to stop them. It makes sense, yeah, because they won't be able to get you know they won't be like thirty or forty deep pressing in on the doors. It'll only be like one or two of them, and they won't be able to get any kind of leverage to break the doors in. Right. But Roger gets a little sloppy and a little bit cocky. He does, man, and he almost gets a shit split, but. uh Steven the Chopper, he saves the day. This time, yes. Sort of. Just by kind of like lowering down and warning him. Like, uh, hey, uh, look out. Uh, there's a thing over there. Yeah, Peter's kind of a little bit slow on the uptake on this one. He sees the helicopters like hovering over where Roger is and almost basically lands. He's like, well, what's going on? What? I don't understand. Yeah, I wasn't part of the plan. What's going on? Maybe I should go over there and take a look. Then he finally gets and he tears ass over there. We, we figure out that they're kind of crudely able to to use tools because one of them whacks the fucking window open with a crowbar yeah yeah and well again in the first movie i think they had there was a scene in night of the living dead where a zombie picks up a rock and breaks a window yes and in one of the newscasts the guy is saying i think it might be the one-eyed guy yeah with the patch who's saying that you know they have basic motor skills and they can crudely use weapons like some animals do. Yeah, that's about it. The like the their their thinking is lesser but they're uh I don't know they, they can be uh they they can fuck some shit up if they need to. And they got the numbers. They do got the numbers, man. That's for sure. Well, they're getting them more and more every day. Then we we get this great uh this great quote which is uh we got this man, we got this by the ass. We got this, man. We got this by the ass. Yeah. <laughs> when they're driving off. That's like one of those things that you say and you don't realize what it's going to sound like until it comes out. But somebody actually <laughs> wrote that down and they actually recorded that. That works, though, man, for the scene because it's like, look, man, we, we made this shit work. But I don't know. Maybe he fucked up. Uh, he was trying to sound cool. I don't know. Shit happens. Roger's losing it a little bit here. He's running him over for fun. He's shooting at him, which is cool. But, I mean, like, all these loud noises, that's going to drive more of them over to him. Yeah, because they specifically said, don't shoot. Yeah. Which is what? All the way up on the top of the goddamn mall that the zombies are going to hear it. And out here they are riding out 18-wheeler trucks with a helicopter yeah. buzzing over the lot. Yeah. we. I mean, they can definitely hear you. Then Roger's ass uh, almost gets bit because uh, he... Well, he fucks up pretty bad. Yeah, he gets bit twice. He drops the bag. He for- Well, actually, he forgets a bag, so they have to go back for it. So right there, you know that that's not good, that something bad's going to happen. That's where he almost gets bit. Then, yeah, like you said, he drops his bag, and they're like, shit, I got to go back and get my bag. I guess we uh, got to double back for it. He, he drops back, drops the bag, and uh, we expend way too much fucking effort for him to get this bag. Like, what's in the bag? <sighs> Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What's in the bag that they can't just go and get and use without having to go back and jump into a pile of zombies to get it? You're in a mall. There's a gun store. What do you need? (laughs) 
You brought seven different screwdrivers when he asked you for one screwdriver. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe he got all of the screwdrivers in the tool store, and so now they're fucked. Oh, they're out. <laughs> There's no deliveries coming in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're all in that one bag, I guess. I don't know, man. So they, they drag his ass up, and I, I made a note that uh, they, they bring him up into the security room. He's all bandaged up, and it looks like he's sucking his thumb. Well, here's what's crazy, too, is this is where the movie gets a little bit wonky with how long it takes to turn into a zombie. Because he definitely, out of everybody in the movie that we see, he takes the longest before he turns. And you kind of get the impression, you know, that he's trying to fight it as much as he can, but, you know, what is he going to do? It's, he's, he got bit twice. He's going to become a zombie. Right. Well, we know that, but they still don't know what the transmission methods are. I mean, you can kind of assume, like, look, if the thing bit a chunk out of your ass, like, you're probably going to turn into one of them. Yeah, and also in the scene when he's fucking around with the trucks and he shoots one of the zombies and the blood goes all over his face and gets into his mouth. So you figure he's got it one way or another. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, the only the other thing he could have done is like raw dog one of them or something. I don't know, man. <laughs> so now it's gun store time. And uh, they're loading up, man. Now, Eddie. Yeah. This might be, again, the first time there's gun porn in a movie. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, to this degree, yeah. Yeah, where they're just laying out the guns and they're showing all the guns and looking down the scopes and everything like that and loading up the holsters. I don't remember seeing this in any other movie. I mean, like, you know, now you have The Matrix where guns, lots of guns, and that's in every single movie now. But I don't remember seeing that in any other movie before this. But I was 10 years old. Yeah, you have it a little bit like in your old West movies, but but it's never like they're laying the guns out and like romanticizing them. It's just that they're there, yeah. they're a tool. But in this one, like Peter's got this great fucking line he says. Mm, yep. He says, you know what the crime is? Is that the only sucker that could miss with this gun is the one that had the bread to buy it. And that's 100% true, yes. It's like the guy who's on the golf course with the most expensive fucking set of clubs doesn't know what he's doing. Exactly. Yeah, because he thinks, you know, you're going to get the best tool and, and then that'll make you a good carpenter. That's not how it works, man. No. Take some practice. We fight our way out back to that department store and uh, get to the bottom floor of it again. And, and uh, Franc- Francine's got an idea. Let's get a car. Yeah, because now they got the shopping center all closed off. No more can get in. So now they just got to clear out the zombies that are inside. Yeah, so get a car. And would a car in the shopping center have gas in it? I would think not. Like, you'd have to be pretty stupid to do that. But, hey, you know, I don't know. Like, I know at, like, car lots, they'll they'll typically have a little bit of gas in there, but... Yeah, just, like, maybe, like, from whatever it is to, to get the car into the actual spot where you're doing the showcase, but to have, like, a full tank of gas in it where they're able to drive around the mall. But, again, it's a movie. It's a bad idea. Plus, where did they get the key? Was it on the janitor's ring? Like... Well, I think Roger knows how to hotwire shit, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because he does hotwire in another scene. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, because the hotwire in the trucks, and that's where he, the first time he almost yeah. gets his leg bit. That's true, yeah. So I guess, yeah, they uh, hotwire the old car and wheel Gimpy out there. and uh, Yeah, because he's running around in a barrel car now. Yeah, they're, they're pushing him around in a fucking wheelbarrow, and they're loading up into the car, hotwiring it, and uh, old, a zombie grabs his leg and squeezes it. Ugh. Around the fucking bandit, and it just yeah, like that's... pops like a zit. So now, no matter he had any chance in hell, that shit is gone. Yeah, we we just know he's fucked. Like that's all there is to it. So we get the car going, and we start locking the place up. We're turning on all the alarms. Like it, it's just madness. And we're playing some GTA now with with zombies. 
Again, here comes a little bit of the humor. A little bit, yeah. They're having a fun time, man. So the plan is you lock off the mall, eliminate all the zombies that are inside. There you go, man. Secure secure the area. Yeah, but they never showed what they did with the bodies, did they? No, they didn't. Probably just tossed them off the roof. Oh, no. You know what? Actually, they, they do. They show that they threw them into one of the walk-in refrigerators. Oh, all right, so did they empty all the food that was in that refrigerator out, or are they just going to waste all that food? Fuck, I would have thrown that all. I mean, you had to, like, move it over to the other one. But no, no, there's still, like, food in there and stuff, man. Like, Yeah, because there's, there's food in the mall, but a good chunk of that's going to go bad pretty quickly. So you would figure whatever you have in a freezer, you want to keep it as long as you can. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you got canned shit, sure. But, yeah, like all your perishables, your steaks, and your lobster, which comes up. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be refrigerated. Your pies. Pies. <laughs> Fucking pies. Somebody's still making pies. Somebody. Yeah, <laughs> man. So uh, we have a nice little montage. They get some bandoleros full of fucking ammo, and they're just popping off zombies left, right, and center, man. And, and again, it's, like you said, it's that cartoonish, comical element that we got going on here a little bit. Yeah, it's just, I think it's a good mix with the movie. Because if this movie was just like all blood and gore all the time, it would be just too heavy. To have a little bit of humor injected to it is a little nice little break. I mean, that's what made Shaun of the Dead work so well, right? Oh, that's a great movie too. If, If a character can make me laugh, then I care about that character a little bit more. Well, yeah, that's that's something endearing. It's something you shared. Yeah. So, so when you put that character at risk, now I'm now I'm actually worried about him, man. So we uh, we get back up to the security area, and uh, we were injecting our our buddy that got bit up with some uh, some drugs, make him feel a little better. Yeah, they're probably giving him morphine or something. Which they have a pharmacy there, so they probably had all that good shit too. Oh, I know, man. And I like it too. They give him a shot of the Jack Daniels. And then he hands the bottle back to Peter. And I'm thinking, what does Peter do with that bottle? Do you just throw it away? Or are you going to take a shot out of that bottle? I don't know, man. I'm, I mean, alcohol is supposed to kill some shit, but I don't know what that zombie shit is. I don't... Uh, yeah, that's true. I, like, hey, we're in a fucking shopping center. I'm going to get a bottle of Johnny Walker. Yeah, no kidding. Why do they keep drinking this fucking jacket? At this point, they've cleared the place out. Like, you could... Yeah, you could get a much better bottle than that. Well, because you know what? I think at this point in the movie, they're still kind of regular people. Because later on, they get a little bit more a little fancy schmancy with all the shit that they have. It's true. It's true. They get a little buck wild with that stuff. Yeah, and they got like three little canters of uh, alcohol going. Yeah, fancy. So uh, now we hit the hardware store, and the idea is there's still like a doorway, like a, a hallway that can lead to the security area that they're in. And the idea is like, oh, well, why don't we block that off and paint it? So it doesn't even, it just looks like part of the wall. Yep, and Steven just wants to do a quick job on it. And again, the professional, thinking ahead, Mm -hmm. there's going to be maybe cops coming through here, raiders. We don't want anybody to even know there's a door there. So don't even bother blocking it. Just cover it the fuck up. Cover it up. Don't just play around. Yeah, it's got to look like there's nothing. Just seamless. And they do a damn good job of it, to be honest with you. Because from the outside, it doesn't look like it. No, they did it nice. They got a good paint job. They They matched that paint very good at Benjamin Moore. Mm-hmm. They, they brought color swatches over there. They were looking at they it. Spent they spent 20 had, minutes. They had Francine. Francine's like, no, I don't think that's the exact same shade. Yeah, she's like, it's more like a, a burnt umber. I don't think it's this kind of rusty color. That you... Yes, and now where's the shag carpeting? She's puking her guts out is what she's up to. Because <laughs> she's pregnant, remember? Well, yeah, because when, they, when he tells everybody else, doesn't he say she's like four months pregnant? Yeah. 
So this movie's all taking place within like a three or four month period because she doesn't pop out with that baby, so. No, no, we don't get to see the baby born, so maybe the sequel. His name is Bub. <laughs> so yeah, now this is this is where they're dragging the dad out and popping him in the refrigerators uh, because they were stinking up the place, he said. Now, now we're hitting up like where there's all these cash registers and shit and they're like, hey, uh, we're going to rob it. Like, and th- this is a weird point to me because it's like, okay, on one hand, like you're already going through the mall and taking the shit that you need. Yeah, you don't need money. So the money is just like a joke at this point. Like, I, I guess maybe. It's just a habit, I think, what it is. It's just they can't get over the symbol of having a fistful of dollars. Mm, it's almost like there's some primal part of their bla- brain that's telling them to do this. Hmm, kind of like how zombies would be using their primal part of the brain to tell them to eat people. Yeah, or to go back to the mall. So now we see there's like uh, uh, putting on some nice outfits, maybe get a nice little watch here, you know, just uh, kind of class it up a little bit. Now, now I think we're getting that Johnny Walker. I yeah. think that's I think that's the, this point in the movie. Johnny Walker Blue. Oh yeah, uh, I haven't done too much of the blue. I've had a couple of shots of it here and there, but but for the most part, I, I just get the uh, the double black. Uh, I yes, I like the double black. That's uh, nice and peppery. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what blue is like 170 fucking dollars a bottle? That's too much to drink. Yeah, it's a little bit much, man. I don't have that kind of podcast money yet. So Not yet. maybe when I maybe when I launch the Patreon. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have the Johnny Walker Blue level. Start off with Jack Daniels. Oh, that's a good idea. Every level of the Patreon is going to be like Johnny Walker Red, Johnny Walker Green, Johnny Walker Black, Johnny Walker Blue. There you go. You got a good idea. So now we uh, we go to Francine. And the ice skating rink. And I think you were talking about her lying on her resume a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because she didn't know her ass from her elbow on skates. And I think they had to film it a long-ass time. And they just barely got it with her going around the rink without falling down while somebody's screaming at her off camera on how to ice skate. Which I don't know how that works. Yeah, just don't fall. Stay upright. Like, yeah, Balance. Shift your weight. I don't know what the what do you I don't I don't know how to ice skate, so I don't know how to tell somebody how to ice skate. I've ice skated a couple of times and you think it's you think that if you know how to roller skate, you know how to ice skate, and then no, it's not the same thing. Huh. And ice skating always freaked me out because I always had a fear that if I fell down I would you know, spray my arms out and some motherfucker would come by and just run over my fingers and cut them off with their blades. Ah, shit. Yeah, you see, you saw too many of these horror movies too yeah, young. Yeah, at man. 10 years old. That's the kind of shit that sticks with you. I'll tell you what, the I almost got fucked up uh, snowboarding. So I, I've done that a few times, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the big thing with snowboarding that people got to remember is uh, your leash. You always want to leash your boot to your board, right? So I'm going down. There's this place called Sugar Bowl out here in California. I'm going down there. Great place. A lot of nice scenery, right? So I go... And uh, I'm, I'm most of the way down the run, and uh, I, I go, I take a corner, hit like a little mogul thing, kind of catch some air, and I'm like, oh, this is cool, but I've never like caught air before, so I hope <laughs> I land it right. <laughs> Don't really land it right, but uh, ah, what the fuck? You know, you lay down, there's soft powder, it's nice. Then all of a sudden, I just hear a whew, and I'm like, what the fuck? And I look, and somebody else above me lost their board, and it mm. whizzed right by my fucking head shit i'm like yeah no that's cool man you would have ended up like a zombie in a george romero movie i would with a snowboard sticking out of my fucking head that would have man i couldn't have gotten in doorways like it would have sucked (laughs) 
I remember you telling on some on uh, Grindbin that you had a problem finding hats. How the fuck are you gonna find a hat with a snowboard on your head? Oh God, that's not a joke on Grindbin that I can't find. I have the biggest head. I swear to God. It, my wife thinks it's hilarious. Her and the daughter, like, "Hey, Dad, put the put put the hat on. Let's see how it looks like a uh, like a uh, Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy <laughs> when when Hardy would put a hat on. It just looks like he's got a like a biscuit on his head or something." So you're doing a Chris Farley, but instead of with the jacket, you're doing it with the hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, that's right. Keep feeding the bears, bitch. Let's see how this ends. God, back to yeah. She lied on her interview about the ice skating. It's it's funny, but but then George said later it wouldn't have mattered. He would have just not done it. Yeah, because it's not like anybody in this movie got hired because they're such a great actor. Oh. They fit the part, and he liked the way that they acted. They acted good enough in the movie for me. They didn't even need to do the ice skating scene. Like that's the other thing. <laughs> It's like such a short scene. Yeah, it's, not, it's not a very pertinent part of the film. Where it's like, have you seen the cut with the ice skating scene? Because you haven't really seen the movie until you see the ice skating scene. You know, not, I didn't understand her character until I saw her ice skate. Totally. What's the motivation? Yeah, why? She wants to be balanced, but how can we show that she wants to have balance in her life? Put her on ice skates. That's how you do it. Now we're hitting up the stores. We're getting all the expensive stuff. It's so weird. It, it's... Like, they're weighing things, and they're checking out the price of shit. Yep. Yes, because at one point, Stephen looks at a jacket, and he looks at the price tag, and he goes to put it back. And then he turns, and oh, I'm going to keep it. So they just can't get out of that habit, again, like the zombies. Mm -hmm. They just, some things are just ingrained into them to the point where they're doing it without even realizing what they're doing. Yeah, it's almost like it's a uh, commentary on how capitalism makes zombies of us all. (laughs) Maybe. Hmm. Yeah, something like that. But that's cool. If only George Romero had that idea. Maybe, yeah. That's cool, though. We go off to the arcade. This one's fun. They're like playing shooting games. I remember so many of these games. Okay. I remember that car racing game where it was basically just a steering wheel that was connected to a stick. Yes. And on the other side of the screen was the stationary car, and you just move that around on the screen. And I remember that Star Trek game, too, that they were playing. And the, um, I can't remember what it was called. Maybe it was called Outlaw with the two cowboys on each other shooting past the uh, the, band, uh, the cabin wagon. So that was a nice little memory for me. I remember seeing all that. And it's funny, too, because everybody in the arcade, what's happening to them? Somebody's getting shot in the game. Somebody's crashing their car. Somebody shot the Star, Star Trek Enterprise. So things are starting to go for a turn, it looks like. And now we see the team walking out in fur coats, and they're talking about how there's still zombies here. And uh, yeah, yeah, they're coming here because they want to be here, and they have no idea why. They're just us. And there's, and well, you know, there's no more room in hell, he says. Oh, yes, here we get the titular line. His grandfather was a voodoo priest, and he always, and this is what he said, he always used to tell us. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. And I'm like, wow, Grandpa must have been really fucking fun to hang out with. Oh, God. He's teaching you how to do voodoo abortions, <laughs> and he just keeps reminding you, one day hell's going to be filled, kid, and the dead are going to walk all over the place. Yeah, I, I, I can't even imagine that scene. Like, uh, like just, just to play it out, all right? Your granddad, I'm, I'm him, right? Okay, so I, I walk up to you, and I got, like, my nose is running, and I got a bat. You know, I was out playing like some stickball out out in the streets, and I'm like, uh, "Hey, hey, Granddad, uh, me and the boys, we're uh, we're hungry. Do you guys have any uh, like snacks for us?" Well, I have some snacks, but first, I just want to remind you one more time. 
Uh-huh. Keep your bat, because one day, hell's going to be full, and the dead will walk the earth. Cannot stress this enough. Now, what do you want to eat? Uh, can I get some Cracker Jacks, or what? <laughs> mm, I can't give you Cracker Jacks, because I use them in the abortion potion. So, oh, do you have anything else? I I don't know. I guess we'll we'll just go. Never mind. <laughs> Would you like some finger food? <laughs> God damn. Yeah, that that must have been a great child. He explained so much. I mean, he's prepared for fucking everything, so it makes sense. Yeah, he's got a shit down. He's got a shit down, but man, no childhood, man. We're going up speaking and not doing great. Roger. Man. Yeah, he's taking a turn for the worse. He's not feeling too good, man. He's 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 fucking dying. And they they uh they go in there, they load his ass up with some morphine. And uh Roger looks over at Peter and he says, "Hey man, uh before it happens, I want you to take care of me. I want you to uh Yeah, but he says he's going to try as much as he can not to uh come back. He's good, he's doing the opposite of Houdini. Yeah. He says, "Look, man, I'm going to when I go, when I, I'm I'm not going to turn into a zombie, but if I do, you know, you know what to do, man. I don't want to walk around like those things. And it's fucking Peter up, man, because this is like his dude. There aren't very many people around, you know? Yeah, and this is like the one like really kind of like a uh, little bit like heartfelt scene in the whole movie, too. Yeah, and then we cut out from that to them watching TV. Oh, yeah. Now one eye guy has completely lost it. Yeah, he's lost his fucking mind. He's like, look, man. I don't know. Maybe we should feed them. Yeah, they only need uh, they only need five percent of everybody's body to be able to survive, something like that. So I guess everybody has to like donate a foot or a hand to feed them. And then he comes up with the idea that since they're mostly in the big cities, just to nuke the big cities and get rid of everybody. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we're going like Watchmen level uh, uh, logic here. <sighs> This all could have been avoided if people just stayed six feet away from the zombies and wore their fucking mask. And now we have to nuke a city. Yeah, it, but the problem is, like, the doctor was right. But what do you do? You, I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. You fucked this up too bad. I don't know. I'm just throwing shit at the wall here, and we'll see what sticks. Uh, 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 cut your arm off. Uh, we got some real fat guys. Feed them the fat guys. I don't know. There you go. Something. <laughs> But no, no, man. And uh, Roger pulls the uh, the blankets up over himself and he stops moving. And you're like, ah, this isn't going to be good. This ain't going to be good because now we got like a wardrobe change coming, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Quick change underneath those blankets. Pulls a little Houdini himself, man. And uh, blanket, he sits up and, uh, yep, he's he's a fucking, fucking zombie. Yeah, he sits all the way up and you can tell there's no Roger there anymore. Roger's gone and you just keep hearing the dude on the TV saying rational and logical. Yep. And uh, Peter, well, Peter's rational and logical, man. He's doing what has to be done. What else can you do? Because you just hear one shot and we cut to, uh, we're burying Roger out in front of the old Orange Julius. Yeah, that's how they keep their going. He's going to make some nice vegetables later. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Well, I, maybe you get zombie fruit. Or something. That's a bad idea. Oh shit! That's right. This is where Attack of the Killer Tomatoes came from. That's how it oh, started. Shit. 1978. What time did Killer Tomatoes come out? No idea. Terrible movie. Seen it one time. I think it might have been before 78, but could have been. Could have been. I don't know. Bad movie. Now we cut back to a nice romantic dinner after you know we buried our friend, and now we've kind of gone excessive. Uh, yeah. And again, here we go. Stephen, uh, Peter. Sorry, 
knows how to cook a gourmet meal. Is there anything he can't do? No, this dude is prepared for everything. He's that looks like you got a nice steak. You got like a nice butter poached lobster tail on there. It looks like. Mm-hmm. It looks like a nice bottle of wine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course, pregnant lady. She's definitely indulging in that wine. <laughs> and then having a cigarette after it, probably. Yeah, having a cigarette with it. Like I don't know. She's probably fucking smoking crack out back too. I don't know. She's she's making some decisions. <laughs> she's shooting up that morphine now that Roger doesn't need it anymore. <laughs> yeah, she's just booting morphine. Oh, God. That kid's going to come out pickled, man. So uh, Peter's like, yeah, th- this is for you guys, man. I can't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just let you guys have a good night. And he excuses himself. Uh, then Stephen, or Peter, uh, he walks out to, to you know his old buddy's final resting area. And he, he pops. I was surprised he didn't pour a little out for him. I, yeah, I, I know. I thought he was going to. He, he uh, pops the cork. But I think that was before that was popular. Maybe, yeah. So he pops the cork on a bottle of champagne, and uh, Stephen, he, he pops the question. Yeah, and being a dickhead, he gives he offers her two different rings, too. Yeah, Wiz. I got a couple of rings here, Francie. You know, which one you want? You want to get married or something? Well, you just want to keep fucking. Yeah, I mean, we could do that, too. And Francine's answer is like, uh, no. Like, what do you... What what even is that? Yeah, again, in, which, with everything that's going on, what is being married at this point? Exactly. She already says that they're, that's his boyfriend, their boyfriend-girlfriend. She's pregnant with his kid, but he still has to go through the old routines of the old old, old world. Well, he's got to make an honest woman of her, right? <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. What the fuck? What is it? Man? There's a dude eating a foot 30 feet away from you. Like, come on. <laughs> she can't be a dishonest woman. That's, you know, I guess, can't bring her home the yeah, mother. I guess. Look, he's old-fashioned, all right? He's something. So, uh, at this point, she says, yeah, no, not right now. It wouldn't be real. And uh, we have another uh, shopping montage. Yeah, and this is like where you can see they're kind of like just getting sick and tired of it all. That it's just, they realize that they're kind of trapped and that having everything isn't what it was all cracked up to be. Yeah, the novelty of it is worn off. Like, she's, she's looking for things that are a little bit more useful. She's like, ah, oh, look, a parenting book. I guess I'll... I guess I'll get that. That's kind of yep. kind of handy. And the guys are looking for clothes and shit, but uh, they're, they're not. They don't really care so much. And Steve rolls by and he, he uh, takes a picture of her. Oh, this is a good scene. Yeah, go ahead. And uh, uh, he takes a he has a smile. He takes a little picture of her. And uh, and what does she say? She drops a line like, "What? Oh yeah, when the when you fill when you filled up the roll, drop it off the drugstore to be developed." Yeah, and she's just reminding him, like, dickhead, look where we are. You're taking fucking pictures with film you're never gonna fucking develop. Wake up with what's going on. And he has such a fucking pissed off look on his face that she fucking brought him back to reality. He does not like it. Hey, he's he's trying to live the fantasy, man. He's having a fun time here in the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, he did. He got his girlfriend pregnant. He asked to marry her. She says no, but she still wants to be with him. So hey. What more could you want? No, man. Apparently, you want to get married and you want to take pictures or something. I have no idea. Yeah, and they get divorced if later on. <laughs> yeah, they have to lawyer. divide their assets. Like, okay, you have to stay in the west <laughs> yeah, half. You of the get mall. half the mall. <laughs> you get the first floor of the mall. I get the second floor. <laughs> well, but all the <laughs> they do like an I love Lucy. They put a piece of scotch tape down the middle of the fucking oh, I'd mall. I'd pay to see that one, man. They just scotch tape around all the escalators. Like, you can't cross that from three M. They could have gotten a good deal on the yeah, tape. Yeah, it would have been right fucking there, man. Now we see some uh, time is passing. Mom's waking up to a glass of wine, it looks like. <laughs> and she is much more pregnant. So you got this great picture 
of a very pregnant woman. Did we skip past the part where you see them in bed together? Oh, no, 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 you're, you're right. Yeah, that's, uh, I think we, we might have almost skipped past. All right, so yeah, we see them in bed together. Yeah, and even at 10 years old, Eddie, not knowing too much about sex. Okay. I just knew whatever happened wasn't good. No. Just from how they're both sitting there. And it's very frustrating, too, because this is the first time you see uh, breasts in the movie. And 10 years old, you're always happy to see breasts in mm-hmm. no matter what. But it was still, it's like, wait, they just really don't look comfortable or happy at all. But I'm so happy to see the breast. Yeah, uh, the note I have is that this is when we know depression has just set in. Like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and there's no Viagra or blue shoes because it looks like whatever happened, like uh, Stephen couldn't uh, fulfill his husbandly duties. Mm-hmm. Looks like Stephen uh, definitely doesn't know how to load and shoot that gun. That's right. It's not working for him tonight. <laughs> he keeps trying to put his dick under an armpit. <laughs> he was just trying to do that fucking weird flop move he did at the zombie. Yeah. Oh, God. I'll so, show yeah. you. So this is when the time has passed, and we see yeah, pregnant mom walking around with a glass of wine, much more pregnant. The guys are out playing a couple of, uh, uh, or Peter's up playing tennis against the, uh, the the wall on the roof. And we see the ball, he, he smacks it real fucking hard, like he's pissed. He's taking out some aggression here in this scene. Well, yeah, because he's the only guy there, and there's one woman who's pregnant with the other guy's baby. Yeah, so he's got to uh, beat it. He's the odd man out. Against the wall. He's beating it against the wall. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So, and then he, uh, he loses his ball. It flies off the side and we see it bouncing. And there's still a bunch of fucking zombies down there. One of them's all like just fucked up and decayed and gone. But And it's back to reality. Back again. to reality. They've been living the life. They're insulated. They think that they got it made. And outside, the world's going to hell. Mm-hmm. Danger's right around the corner, man. But uh, Francine's cool because she's dressing herself like Marilyn Monroe. See, I had Bonnie Bonnie Parker. <laughs> okay, I could see that. <laughs> and I could see I... the Marilyn Monroe thing, too. But when she had that little, I don't know, the, the way the eye makeup on, it was kind of like a little bit more like 1920s or 30s. I get that. But didn't she have the, the little fake mole that she drew on there also? Yeah, she could have been just improvising. Yeah. Hey, of course, well, and you why know, not? she's singing into the mirror a little bit and holding the gun up and looking at it, and uh, yeah, it's like a little Bonnie and Clyde. See the gun? That's what gave me the Bonnie. Uh, yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. It's it's a it's a pretty cool scene, and the guys they're having a good time too, man. They're playing some cards, they're drinking, they're gambling, betting with real money, betting with real money that doesn't matter, but. They got these, like you said, the nice decanters. They got the gin. They got everything. Yeah, they're, they're good, man. Yeah, gin, bourbon. I forget what the other one was, too. I think it was Mad Dog 2020. Probably. There you go. <laughs> yeah, or uh, Night Train. <laughs> for that, for when Francine can't sleep, she'll drink a little Mad Dog 2020. <laughs> yeah, it just has a nice little... Uh, Help settle her stomach. The baby's kicking. Give me some Mad Dog 2020. I can feel the baby again. Uh, uh, the blue one. That's the one that uh, shuts the baby down. The green one wakes it up. He's over and uh, Francine walks over to the TV. She's making dinner. She walks over to the TV and she shuts it off. She's like, look, man, there hasn't been a broadcast in three days. All right? So then, then uh, Steve stands up. He's like, "No, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn the fucking TV right back." And he like looks at her with this shitty look and turns it back on. And I have a note written down: "Poor Pete. Mm. Here he is. He's stuck at his friend's house while the husband and wife are in the middle of an argument, and he's got no place to go and nothing to say while these two are fighting that, fighting it out." Yeah, he can't go home. He's like, I, "I don't know. I guess I'm gonna go down to the place where they sell all the like." 
pewter wizard figurines and knives and shit in the mall. I don't know. Uh, isn't there an adult bookstore in this fucking Maybe, mall? Maybe. Yeah. Some place where he can there's gotta go? There's got to be something. There's got to be like a newsstand. He can find a Playboy or something. I don't know. Definitely there's a newsstand with like some hustlers, some chic. 1978, definitely was chic, hustler. Probably Wii Magazine. Too. Yeah. O-U-I. Gotta be something for him, man. But nah, he just hangs out. And uh, I write, man, uh, even in the apocalypse, husband and wife are still fighting over the TV. <laughs> and there's no remote control, too. That's even worse. The both of them have to get up and fucking change the channel. Yeah, that's a... So that's that's a serious commitment. Oh, yeah. That's not just pulling the remote control out of your hand and switching hey, it back and you forth. You gotta get up, man. That's... That's effort. So, back up to the chopper, and Steve's teaching. Yeah, all's forgiven. All forgiven. Let's teach her how to fly a helicopter. Yeah, and uh, she's doing all right, man, because she's uh, she's hitting the marks. She can make it go up, and she can make it go down. That's the important things for the helicopter. But here's the thing that got me a little bit uh, questioning, too, is mm-hmm. why did he load up the helicopter with ammunition and food before he gets in the helicopter to teach her how to fly? Isn't that wasting fuel? Making it much more heavy? You would think so, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, and that's, like, really when you're going to use the most fuel is when you're taking off with it, you know? Yeah, and if you're just taking, doing the takeoff and landing 20 or 30 times so she knows what she's doing... I don't... Take all the fucking shit that you don't need out of the helicopter and save that gas. Like, maybe, though, is it a thing where it, it's different if the helicopter weighs more when you're trying to take off and land? You know what? That's a good point. Yeah, maybe it's not balanced 100%, so you need to get the bearings down on it. And another thing, too, is she asked how long ago for him to teach her how to fly, and he's just doing it now. Oh, I know. And if Dickhead would have listened to her earlier and taught her, what, maybe a month and a half ago? Yeah. What's coming up could have probably been avoided. Yeah, it would have been just fine. Because uh, not only do we see that she nailed it, but we see through the binoculars that she nailed it. I love the binocular shot in old movies, how it looked. Yeah, it's just like they put a film over the screen. Yeah, it's just for years, I never looked through a pair of binoculars. And when I first did, I was really disappointed that that's not how it looked. <laughs> yeah, it just, like, it just looks like, like you're looking. What's wrong with my eyes? <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, it's uh, we we have a nice little uh, group of raiders, and they're like, yeah, man, uh, they got a whirly bird up there. Look at it. Yeah, and one of them is Tom Savini. Tom Savini, makeup artist extraordinaire. Genius. Genius, yeah. Yeah, he was a, an old war photographer for a while, too. And uh, that's that's where he's like, uh, kind of got to the. I want to be. As, yeah, he got his inspiration from. Yeah, yeah, I want to be as realistic as possible with this shit. You know what's funny is my wife used to be. Uh, her her folks were both cops, mm-hmm. and so she she would sneak in and she would see uh, on their computer like photos from crime scenes and shit. Oh Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah. That fucked her up, but she did it not to herself, so whatever. Uh, but uh, is that right then? As so, long as she did it to herself and somebody else didn't do it. But yeah, it's there's, all on what, there's probably like 50 websites now that you can go on and just see like probably the goriest shit that would make you go crazy. But. Oh, and you go on Twitter and it's worse, man. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, after something bad happens, the fucking videos are all over the place. So she used to hate doing gym class. So she figured out how to do makeup to make it look like she had like a big ass bruise on her leg or something. So she's like, look, I don't, I don't want to run or nothing. I got a big ass bruise. <laughs> So then eventually, though, they're like, we got to talk to your parents because I think... Yeah, I was going to say, beat. Child Protective Service is getting called. <laughs> She's always getting the shit knocked out of them. Yeah, but the parents are cops, so they're like, well, why are you fucking around? Knock it off, man. <laughs> so, oh, man. God, That's man. actually a pretty good trick, though. It's handy, yeah. It comes in handy, I guess. I, I, That's I, like putting food I, coloring in your eye and saying you have pink eye. Shit, I hope she doesn't use that shit on me one day. 
You tell the cops, like, look, man, he broke my arm or something. I guess with the broken arm, you got to really commit to that, though. That's more than makeup. Uh, it depends on how pissed off you get her. I, yeah, I guess. I better watch out, man. Definitely, yes. So speaking of watching out, man, the, the Raiders, they're like, all right, like, we, uh, we're we going to raid this place tonight. Yeah, because he says, do you want to do it today or tonight? I'm thinking, of course you want to do it at night. You... Yeah, then they can see you. Yeah, well... Well, they're not exactly coming in stealth-wise, and they're no. not, when they're talking to them on the radio, they're not trying to hide how many there are very well either. Well, that's what's funny. is the, Now, the guy talking on the radio, he's got a helmet on. With, an, with the German, <laughs> German World War II Schultz helmet from Hogan's Heroes. Yeah, it's got the SS logo with the fucking lightning bolts on it and shit, and I'm like, oh, I remember these guys from the gun shows up in Washington. Yeah, those are the bikers. And some of those bikers, they were actual pagans. Yeah, yeah, they were actual... Uh, 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 from a bike gang they brought their own bikes too they were real motorcycle gang cool looking uh, yeah some cool looking ones out there so yeah they're on the radio and they're like look man we're all cool we just want to go uh, uh hang out with you peter's like don't don't say shit don't let him know and see here's the first time that franny is a little bit wrong on yeah. something because she wants to talk and he's to like them. no 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 don't let him know we're here nothing so then he's like all right well now you fucked up because you didn't share with us yeah we don't like people who don't share yeah, so uh, this is on you. So the Raiders, uh, they all jump on their bikes, and uh, we got a little bike convoy coming down the road. Like you said, they're not trying to go stealth here at all. This is a smash and grab. That's what they're doing, definitely. Yeah, and there's a good amount of them, too. There's like at least, what, maybe 20, 30 bikes. they got a couple of vans. Yeah, yeah, man. There's, there's probably got to be 50, 75 of these guys, man. They're, looks like our buddies are in trouble, man. Yeah, Peter knows. that. He said that they got to be a professional army. If they've been surviving this long on the road, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They got to know how to handle themselves somehow out there in the wild. They go up there, and the plan is, all right, we're going to, we're, we're going to, uh, our, our hero's plan is, all right, we're going to shut the gates. The, uh, the bikers are going to roll up. And uh, we'll we'll just try to secure the place and, and stay upstairs. Just watch, just observe. They don't want us. We'll let them fuck with all the the zombies. That's that. Do you think that they think that they they're not going to be able to get in? Because when they say they're trying to lock the gates, they're obviously I think what they're talking about is like the store gates because they have everything opened up because they cleared it out of the zombies. But that's going to take a shitload of time to close all those gates. Yeah. And, and if does. they make it into the mall, what, a gate's going to stop them from getting into Macy's? No. No, it's not. I, I think it's just uh, they're hoarding, right? They're like, look, man. Yeah, it's that's that thing. It's mine and I don't want to give it up. Because he has a good line later on. He's like, we took it. Yep. I want to keep it. Exactly. So we uh, we get to the, the bikers. They're rolling up. They're tossing grenades, and they shoot off a lock, and they, they decide to go in through the side door. They're going in through the loading docks. Smart move. And it's funny, too, because there's a scene where one of the bikers pulls the pin with the grenade with his teeth. Yeah. And I don't know if it's 100% true, but when I was a teenager, there used to be this guy that used to hang out, and he used to be from the army, and he said that if you tried to do that, you would pull your teeth out. Oh, no idea. That the amount of pressure that it takes to pull the pin out of the grenade is much more than you would if you tried to just pull it in your teeth and pull it. You'd rip the teeth right out of your head. But that's something that you always see in movies. I'd imagine, like, you'd, you'd want to make sure that pin doesn't accidentally fucking fall out. Like, you want to... Uh, yeah, because I think there's been some movies where you see it looks like they have the grenades attached to their vest by the pins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you don't want it where you, like, roll around somewhere on the dirt and all of a sudden you just pull all the pins out. It just pops out of your pocket like, oh, shit, and you're stumbling around. That's a bad <laughs> idea. What's this? <laughs> so, Peter points out, like, look, man, with these bay doors open... 
there's going to be a thousand zombies in this mall. And this is the first time in a dead movie that the word zombies is used. Wow, yes, that's right. Yeah, and it's all the way at the end, too. So uh, he says that those zombies are going to take the heat off us. So, uh, hey, like I said, stay upstairs. Just avoid them. We'll get the fuck out. I just thought of something, Eddie. You know why he says zombies? Hmm. Because his grandfather is a voodoo priest. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So he would he would attach them with zombies before that anything else. makes sense because he's the only one. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Raiders are ransacking the place, and we're we're having a fun time, man. They're they're just smashing and grab. They're getting like, but the, the shit that they're grabbing is stupid most of the time. <sighs> they're grabbing jewelry. There's one scene where they go after a fucking uh, zombie who has a bunch of gold on, and they're taking all her jewelry off. And I'm like, again, what the fuck are you going to be using this for? If anything, you should be getting the guns, the bullets, and the spam. Yeah, get the non-perishable food, weapons, and ammo. That's it. You keep all the gold, give me the spam, because you can't eat that gold. You're going to no. give me that gold to buy my spam. Exactly. I'm going to be sitting on a throne of spam, and you're going to be dragging everything you've got in just to just to get a taste. That's right, and you'll like it. They're just beating the piss out of these zombies. They're like having fun with the zombies, too. In fact, they have a... Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like the rednecks. But instead of rednecks, they're on the motorcycles. Yeah, like a different kind of redneck. And in fact, they're having so much fun with these zombies that... Uh, well, they <laughs> Somebody. They start a little pie fight. Who made these pies? Did Francine make these pies? No idea. Yeah, maybe they were planning like they were going to have a uh, a big pie party the next day. Because there's so many fucking pies. Like, it's ridiculous. And and there's bottles of seltzer that they're spraying at the zombies, <laughs> the too. Like, Damn, yeah. they found an old-timey trick store. Yeah, it's just the Three Stooges. Again, there's the humor. Apparently, while George Romero was writing the script for Night of the Living Dead, uh, they contemplated how they should have the zombies destroyed. And co-star and makeup artist Marilyn Eastman joked that they should throw pies in their faces. So that was his inspiration for this kind of fun little stupid scene. Sounds like an incredible director that, you know, any, any little idea that somebody throws at him, he just puts it right in the movie. Oh, yeah. Like when a guy just randomly improvises, like, I'm going to try to use the blood pressure cuff. Oh, twice. Twice. He must have some serious fucking medical issues, Eddie. <laughs> he can't fucking wait to find out what his blood pressure is, which it's probably a little elevated with all the shit that's going on, so you're not going to get an accurate reading, but what are you going to yeah, do? Would, I would imagine it's a little bit elevated, as is his uh, heart rate. But you know what? What are you going to do? Run to the pharmacy and get some blood pressure medication? I, I mean... Did he put quarters into that machine? <laughs> quarters in it. I think they were free. See, that's why you got to go into the bank because you never know when you're going to have to put a quarter in a machine and get your blood that's pressure taken. That's true. Always carry a quarter. That's a great, great point of advice. <laughs> put it in your shoe. Yeah. <laughs> or your sombrero. Yeah, the, yeah, he's wearing a sombrero too. That's right. He's That's the dude with the uh, the machine gun that was running around. Yeah, he's the one whose job it is is just to shoot all the locks and open up. Whenever somebody needs a door opened, he's right there with the machine gun to shoot it. Well, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's really high pressure because there's all of these people that want to break into all of these places. So he's got to shoot every <laughs> He's lock. running from the top floor down to the bottom floor. Then somebody on the top floor wants to get in again. They can't get their shit he's together. He's like, look, guys, my heart is racing. My, it, my head is pounding. I can't be running around like, this you got to give me a break they're like ah you know calm down he's like look i'll show you take a look at my blood pressure right now <laughs> this sombrero weighs a fucking ton too yeah i don't know why i chose to wear it like i maybe i could take it off i don't know it helps keep people six feet away with that big ass sombrero i guess that's a good point little uh social distancing insurance 
Ah, oh, man. So, yeah. yeah. And he has a pre-existing condition. He has high blood pressure, so he, he definitely can't catch he, it. He doubles back to the blood pressure thing, like you said, and he just gets eaten, and the machine starts, like, beeping and freaking <laughs> the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, There's not too much blood pressure at all. Yeah, and then by the end of it, 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 it dings, and it's a zero over zero. So, like, yeah, not doing too good, buddy. No. I you think. get your quarterback. I think <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe if the machine just read it as an error, give him a refund. If you score zero point zero, we give you your money back. <laughs> Get the low score, not the high score. So we have some good uh, uh, zombies ripping people apart and eating their entrails and shit. Yeah, guys are swinging by ropes all over the place. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, he, he does the the sloth from the Goonies and does some swashbuckling with with hammers. They got these big ass mallets. They're beating the shit out of people with. I read online that the the first guy who swings down the rope, mm-hmm. he overshot it and he like threw himself right into a fucking wall. Oh my and that Tom Savini, when he has his son coming up, he missed the boxes and the mattresses and almost broke his oh, fucking back. Jesus Christ. Yeah, because they, I mean, they do some crazy stunts here. Uh, yeah, that Tom Savini one where he, whoever it is that fell into the fountain, Ooh. they came really close to like landing on the lights. And that would have fucking hurt. Yeah, that, that, that was scary, man. Steve, he makes it to the roof access area while Peter's holding them off. Uh, because this is the scene you're, you're talking about where they're like, look, man, we took this. No, it's Steven. He doesn't want to give it up. Well, it's not. It's Steve that's like, he's like, look. Yeah, we stole this from somebody. Nobody's going to steal it from us. Yeah, we took this. This is ours. So he starts shooting at the biker. Hmm. Yeah, come on. We took it. It's ours. So, yeah, then uh, uh, Steve's trying to make his way to the roof access. And, and Peter's like, fuck, man, you, you fucked up. What are you doing? You know, but I guess I guess I'll hold them off, right? I guess I'll yeah, because Steven starts shooting at them. Yeah. They don't even know these two motherfuckers are in the mall at all until he starts shooting. So now Peter's like, God, and I gotta rescue your ass. I mean, come on, man, come on. Again, how many times do they have to rescue? Repeatedly. Steven? I mean, at this point, the lady can fly. Like, come on, get rid of, get rid of his ass. He's not helping. Yeah, it's over. Even if this, even if they just leave at this point right now, if all the motorcycle gang just get up and leave. What the fuck can they do? They can't do the shit with the truck again because the windows are all broken. There's a fucking grenade blown into the wall. So they can't stay there. You're right. They should, at that point, get in the fucking helicopter, get on the roof. Yep. Wait for them to leave, get in the helicopter, and just go. Just go to the roof and leave. Like, what are they going to do? Stop the helicopter when you're in the air? I mean, come on. The biker gang, who knows? They might have tried to shoot at the helicopter. So I would have just gotten on the roof, let them go, and then take off. True, true. But that's not what happens. No. The, the lights go out, and it, oh, it, now we know shit's getting bad because... Uh, yeah, how did the lights even go out? I, you know, I don't, I don't even recall. Yeah, because Peter has to run down to like, the basement yeah. to turn them back on. So somebody must have run down to the basement to turn them I, off? I guess. Maybe one of the bikers? I didn't see that scene happen, but no. I don't know. So I they write a letter to George Romero if I yeah. know what happened. Dear George Romero. What the fuck? Steve's trying to make it his ass uh, get up to the roof, and then uh, Peter climbs up into one of the vents, takes up the ladder, and, and as he's doing that, he's you know trying to secure the location and, and wait. Did you hear what Tom Savini says to him? What's that? Because Tom Savini sees him going up the ladder. Yes, and just as yes. he gets up the ladder, Tom Savini, he puts the grate back down, and Tom Savini takes out a, a sword, and he starts sticking it up there, and he screams, I see you, really loud, and then under his breath, I played it back twice to make sure... He says, I see you, chocolate man. Chocolate. Oh, man. That sucks. 
And I'm like, not the worst thing he could have said, but why even say that then? If you're not going to go full force, why say that? Yeah, it's still not good. I mean, it's no. it's not like somebody, uh, you know, putting in a, a bad caption on Tales from the Crypt video. <laughs> and it's still there, I know. Too. I went back and I, I watched it and I was like, yep, you were right. So, so vindication. Thank you. I was so afraid I was just Wasn't like you. having a bad it was, uh, <laughs> it was either somebody put that in there or their automatic captioning thing did that. And if the automatic thing did it, that's worse, right? It's the automatic thing because that's the option on it to have it auto-generated and you are 100% correct because then YouTube's algorithm is racist. All AI eventually turns racist. It can't help it. Can't help it. So he he has to go run down, like you said, to turn the power back on and the uh, the elevator drops down. A couple of guys come in and Steve's up on top of the elevator trying to get his ass out, but they shoot up into the air like, ah, you fucker, and they get him right in the arm. It's like, okay. Get him right in the arm. Not life-threatening. Can no, survive. Because no. it kind of looks like they grazed his arm a little bit. Not yeah. even like really took a chunk off. Yeah. Grazed Especially his arm. with this movie. He's bleeding. But, you know, wasn't a zombie. Didn't get bit. We're okay. He, he, he could still be fine. Yep. He's got a chance. Yep. So now the bikers have decided, ah, well, we got what we want. So uh, why don't we get the fuck out of here? Get while the getting's good. You did the smash and grab. Now you know there are people in here with guns. You don't know how many of them there are. Just get the fuck out. You already got your reward. Why take any risk? Exactly. Here we have, you know, some of the bikers didn't quite make it. And uh, Peter's like popping a couple of them off from up in the, the, the vents here and there where he can. Oh, yeah. He gets his Jackson Brown motherfucker looking guy. <laughs> Every time I see that guy, I go, he looks just like Jackson Brown. He really did, yeah. So the, these guys are falling down and, and the zombies are ripping them up. And this is where we get some of the good like entrails and shit. Like they're using some like pig guts. and They were real pig guts. And I saw in the documentary that the people that were there, they were actually eating it. Ugh. They were saying that the, the some of the actors were so eager to be in the movie that they were like eating all that fucking shit for real. God damn, they didn't even fry it up or anything. <sighs> it's like... Everybody's got dirty hands and dirty fingernails from all that night drinking out and eating out of the same stomach. That can't be healthy. Yeah, so they're just eating entrails. Well, maybe they were so hungry because all they had were donuts. (laughs) Donuts and beer. Look, man, I need some, like, something with some protein and some substance. Then uh, they end up getting Steve in the elevator. He's uh, up above, and the the zombies rush in. They grab him by the legs. They pull him down, and now you're like, oh, man, he's fucked. Yeah, but here's what's crazy. Is this is the first time he fights him off. Yeah, for once, he's finally like, oh shit, uh, back's against the wall. He finally gets his feet under him. Yeah. <laughs> this he starts kicking their ass a little bit. You know, he knocks a few of them around. Sure, he gets bit a little bit a couple of times. But uh, yeah, he he, uh, he ends up fucking him up, gets him out of the elevator and uh, shuts the door. Doors close and we don't see him for a while. No, we do not see Steve for a while. Peter's heading up. He, he's trying to get up to, you know, back to Francine, back to the security room. And he can hear some gunshots from our boy Steve fighting them uh, fighting him off and he it's so such a cool scene like he stops and he's like I, sh- I should run back I gotta go save that dude yep but then he what how many times can you save him yep eventually at some point man you cut your own deal in life and he's the one who started all the shit if he didn't start shooting at the motorcycle gang everything well not everything would have been fine but they wouldn't have been attacking them yeah I mean it would have just been the motorcycle gang fucking around with some zombies they could have escaped would have been done 
But no, Peter just bangs on the wall, pissed off. He's like, I know I should save this dude, but look, that's a suicide mission at this point. So he heads back up to where Francine is. And Francine's up there. He says, uh, yeah, you know what? We gotta, we gotta go. Um, Steve's, Steve's down there though. He's still alive. I think I, I heard him shooting. So we'll wait for a little while. Yeah, he says, I, I heard him shooting. So he might have a chance. Give him five minutes and then we're out. Yeah, well, then give him five minutes. We've got a couple of hours. Because he's still sitting up there at the, the top of the stairs looking down. And uh, she's like, look, man, it's been a few hours. We, we got to get the fuck out of here. He's like, ah, uh, just doesn't even really answer. He's bombed out, you know. He, like, I probably could have saved him. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. He's got that survivor's guilt. Yep. And uh, then the elevator doors, one of the zombies finally, like, bumps the button. Because he's like, ah, shit, I remember buttons. <laughs> Yeah, I know how to use tools, I know how to do all this stuff, but I forget how to press a button. Some of them are carrying guns. Because there's a scene where a zombie's on a fucking phone trying to make a phone yeah. call. You can't remember to press the elevator button? Elevator button, elevator doors open up and uh, zombie Steve. Yeah, they got him looking good too. That was uh, that was a big shock in the movie when he came out. Yeah, they, they did a real good job on his makeup, man. Looks great. And his foot, he's got his foot all fucked up and the way he's holding the gun. Just kind of got it on his finger dangling there and... He looks good, man. He's, he's stumbling around. He looks like he's getting ready to twirl it around, cowboy style. Yeah, yeah. little uh, Revolver Ocelot action from Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. He's wandering around the mall, and, and he seems like he's got something on his mind. He's like, I, I know. I know. Even as a zombie, I know there's some people in here. And it's funny, because when the, when the doors open up the zombies that were trying to get in the elevator, they see he's a zombie, and they're like, ah, never mind. Yeah. Turn around. Fuck Nothing it, here. But let's follow him. We don't want to eat him, but let's follow him. Yeah, let's let's see what he's got going on, though. So they start following him, and he goes right over to where they sealed up that door and painted it up. Because he remembers, and he's still freshly dead, so it's in his head. Yep, so he starts pounding on it and banging on it. And, and this is probably the most, uh, the second most action we've seen come out of him because he busts through that damn wall. Better than he did when he tried to open up the door with just a couple of fucking boxes of spam. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's straight up Kool-Aid He's man. stronger as a zombie. <laughs> Better as a zombie, man. I guess what does kill you does make you stronger. I guess, yeah. Because he definitely ended up stronger here. Peter's looking down and he's, he sees Steve's coming. And he tells Francie and he's like, yep, well, he's, they're coming. So get the fuck out of here. She's like, wait a minute, what, what about you? And he's like, no, I don't want to go. And he's fucking done. Like you know what I fucked up. Yeah, he's had it. I'm done. I'm done with this shit. You you fly off. You go do your thing. You go to Canada, like you were saying. Go go up. Get some poutine. Call it a day. Just go up. He walks over into the to the room where he shot Roger. Locks himself up in there. Grabs himself. Get the little over under Dillinger gun and uh, puts it up to his head. He's like, I'm gonna. I want to become a zombie. I'm gonna blow my brains out. Pulls out that little Dillinger gun. But. We cut over to Francine. She's up at the chopper. She's spinning it up. What? What's going on? The zombies are trying to trying to get up there, and maybe maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna catch her. And we don't know. A lot of suspense building up at this moment. Yeah, they they got up the, the ladder pretty quickly. Those yeah, zombies they, have some zip. Fig, they figured that out, man. So Peter, the you know the zombie, finally busts in the door on him, and he takes the gun and blows the dude right through the fucking head. Just bam. He's got his will to live. He's like, look, man, I, I, I didn't have what it took in me to kill myself. I'm, I want to live. He had his, uh, uh, well, it's a wonderful life moment. Yes. <laughs> He's running through the streets. Yeah. Hello, Macy's. Hello, gun store. Hello, pie shop. 
Hello, dead friend we buried in front of the orange Julius. Zombie fruit. I want to live. He shoots the guy, and and now he starts going like fucking kung fu judo guy. And he's yeah, here's what's crazy is this is a scene. I think this is like maybe the fourth or fifth time we've seen it in the movie where they're punching zombies in the face. Yeah, that seems like a bad idea. Yeah, you're going to get your fucking hand just a little bit bitten, maybe. Or just scrape it on the fucking teeth. If you've ever been in a fight with somebody, you punch them in the fucking mouth. You cut your hand up pretty good. And you're a zombie. So there's a great story about that by Henry Rollins from the band Black Flag. Yeah. He was touring in Australia, right? And some guy in the front row, when he was playing his song, spit on him. Right? Right in his face. So Rollins didn't like that shit, and he just reached back, and he punched the guy right in his mouth. Says, uh, ah, you know, got a little scar on there. There's a little blood, you know, from the guy's uh, tooth that I knocked out. But, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a champion. I'm a fighter. I'm a hero. Mm-hmm. Gets in the plane, flying over. His hand is burning. Feels like it's dipped in scalding hot oil. It's like, shit, something's wrong. Goes to the doctor. Yeah, you got an infection. Oh, yeah, human mouth is fucking filthy. So they ended up having to cut a big chunk of skin out of there. His hand doesn't work right anymore. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. And these guys are punching zombies in the face. Like, fuck that. Yeah, and there's no medical doctor that you're going to be going to for an infection. No, and these zombies are trying to bite you. <laughs> like, that guy just got punched uh, in the face. Sometimes they don't really try to bite, because in that beginning scene with uh, Steven in the hangar, oh, that yeah. zombie could have bitten him in the neck, in the stomach, and could have bitten his fucking dick off at one point, but he doesn't do it. Yeah, well, he could have been the, the Steve of the zombies, too, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's right. Steve is a zombie, too, and now he's strong. So maybe if you were strong and smart as a human, you become a zombie, you become weak and dumb. Could be. I don't know. So Peter runs up there, he's fighting them off, he kicks all their asses, he wants to live, he runs over, climbs in the chopper at the last second, and we take off, roll credits. Uh, well, actually, I read this online, I didn't even realize with how many times I've seen the movie. Uh, okay. The first line in the movie is somebody saying to her, are you alright? Yeah. And the last thing that he says in this movie, so the last line is, alright. Huh. So that's a nice little bookend on it. I've seen the movie like a hundred times. I never even realized that until I read that on the internet. I've seen it a few times. I, yeah, I never noticed that, man. Nice little quirk. And yeah, that's the end of the movie. It's got some nice little music yeah. going on it. Then we got some shots of the mall opening up and the zombies all going back to their normal lives. This is more of the fun. Yeah. And, and what's fun is, and, and sure it's intentional, is... You know, it's it's all the uh, the zombies wandering around through the mall. There's like a kid wandering around through where the toys are. There's people knocking over like makeup and shit. And it's like... Yeah, this might be the scene where you see a zombie using a phone. I'm not sure if it was when the motorcycle gang was in or this scene. but And the original ending, they wanted it where it's going to be much darker. Because he was supposed to kill himself. And the scene where she comes out of the helicopter mm-hmm. and opens the door where she's looking for Peter... She's supposed to take her head off with the helicopter blades. Oh, Jesus. That would have been great. And that's how the movie ended. And I think it was his wife who said there's no way that you can just fucking kill everybody in this movie again. Yeah, you did that on the first one. Yeah, so it would be kind of a little bit like played out doing it over again. But, I mean, I like the ending. It's good because you don't know what the fuck happened with them. Yeah. So it's up in the air, literally. Literally up in the air. Yeah, in the remake, they kind of did that with the the fucked ending where they get in the boat and... fucks up and then they all get eaten Ving Rang Vin, Vin Rang's was the Rames was the best part of that movie he really was yeah that was George Romero's Dawn of the Dead love that movie definitely go out and see it if you haven't seen it it's uh it's so funny to me because I, I honestly think that as far as like zombie fiction and zombie horror 
uh, this movie probably shaped more than Night of the Living Dead even. Like, it's... Oh, yeah, definitely. It lasted, how long the influence lasted, too. It was years before they started switching up how zombies were walking around and oh, doing yeah. shit. yeah. Before they switched them over to the rage zombies of your... Uh, 20... Yeah, 28 days later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Way, way... Well, right all the way up until then. Yeah. And then that was... Or now we have like The Walking Dead where the only thing is that they're just super disgusting. Yeah, they're just gross at that point. So, as you know, because I alluded to it before we were recording, at the end of all these episodes... Yes, you gave me fair warning. We have a little, uh, we have a little pairing. I'm ready with my rap. Oh, wait. No. Oh, thank God. That was, <laughs> no, that was no rap for you, man. We're good. <laughs> Son of a bitch, I wrote one just in case, too. Ah, yeah, it was from the perspective of a zombie. You were just going to groan the whole time. It would rhyme. It would? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask you for a perfect pairing for this movie. So, Okay. I don't... I have one. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead first. Let's see. But if you want to go first, I'm just saying, I can uh, give you a little time. Uh, yeah, let me go first because if by any chance, if you have the same one that I have, then I'm really yeah, screwed. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I don't know if it's a perfect pairing, <laughs> but I would probably say Dr. Strangelove. Ooh, okay, interesting. Where you have kind of, that's really supposed to be a comedy movie, but it's really a horror movie. Mm -hmm. And both of them have, have the same thing where it's like, Governments could have prevented some serious shit from happening, but didn't have their shit together. And a lot of people end up fucking dying at the end of the movie. Yeah, they definitely did. Uh, that's, that's an interesting pairing. Yeah, I, I, you know, I wouldn't have thought of it that way, but, but absolutely. Strange Love ends with fucking everybody on the whole fucking planet dying, so that's kind of a horror. Yeah, I mean, it ended the way Romero wanted to end this one, kind of. Uh, yeah, he had the balls that Kubrick all right, did it. Indeed. So my pairing... I'm going to go a little different, though. I'm, I'm going to go with a video game. Go ahead. I'm going to say Dead Rising. Now, if you want to live the dream oh, of yes. being in a mall and just wrecking shit and killing zombies over and over and over again for just, just endless hours of fun. With the most insane fucking ways of killing them, too. Some of the best, yeah. So I... I remember I would stay up late at night and, and, and just one night I was hanging out just in the food court, just loading up full of the plates because you could you'd pick up stacks of plates and there's stacks of yep. like 40 plates. So I'd sit there and frisbee them across the food court and try to get headshots on the zombies until I got it down. So, so I like cleared the food court out of zombies just with those stupid plates. And thankfully, it was an endless buffet, so it was more plates than you knew what to do with. Yeah, no, actually, that's really good. Damn it, Eddie. God damn it. I should have let you go first, and then I should have said Dead Rising 2. Damn it. Ah, there you go. See? Switch in editing. Ah. I say Dead Rising 2 is a good match with this movie. There you go. All right. Well, Tim, thank you very much for joining me on the show. Thanks for having me. Um, usually, I ask the guests if they have anything that they want to promote or plug at the end of the show, but. What, me? Uh, let me plug, I, I will plug the Grind Bin, which is the podcast that started this whole thing for all of us, because I never would have heard you if I didn't listen to the Grind Bin. And for the Mustachio Podcastio with Daniel, another great podcast. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to be guesting on that podcast here coming up kind of soon. Nice. Okay. Nice. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah, it'll be fun, man. All right, so, uh, yeah, the only thing I would say is if you're listening, definitely check out The Grind Bin, check out Mustachio Podcastio, and if you have time, go on uh, iTunes or whatever you listen to this in and give us a rating. 
uh, five stars. Five stars. Don't fuck around. Only. Come on. Five stars or what are you even doing there? Yeah, otherwise, why? what's the point? It's like when you go on yeah, Yelp. You're going to take your time out to log into your iTunes account or your Stitcher account or whatever the other thing is to give it four stars? Come on. That's like I, lo- I used to love going on Yelp to see people give like three-star reviews to places. No shit. <laughs> I saw one. Somebody gave a three-star review to a Taco Bell, and it just said, eh, just your usual Taco Bell. <sighs> Even if you give a Taco Bell four stars, five stars, everybody knows that's really a three-star in any other real restaurant, so... Why be a dick and give it a three star, which in Taco Bell would be a one star? <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know what? On second thought, maybe maybe we should let the zombies take over. You got this guy giving three star reviews to Taco Bell. Come on. Yeah, zombies probably would be staying six feet away from each other a lot more better too. Yeah, I mean at least they're all already infected. So what yeah, more damage that's could it. they do? They don't do. have to worry about anything. Uh, yeah, and the other thing I would say is just tell a friend. I mean, it's the only kind of advertising we got. So. It's word of mouth. That's the best kind of advertising. Oh, yeah. All right, Tim. So thanks for joining us on the show tonight. And this is how I end it. Goodbye. Goodbye.